Champaign, Illinois, this is the Jumping the Rail Podcast with your hosts Mark Redman and Mike Nartolinas. Take two of episode 19 of the Jumping the Rail podcast. Uh, this is Mark Redman from Champaign, joined by my buddy, the pain train, Mike Nargelinas. And Narge, a little hiccup here for a second. How's it going? Nah, not too bad. Same shit, different day. And predictably, Dwayne Carter is already in the feed. Dwayne, and it looks like we're uh, gonna start doing. Reed. We're going to start having a pool, just like an over-under, how, long it, like how many seconds it takes for him to get in. <laughs> He's got a scheduled. I think we're on like a, an alert on his phone. He might be. I'll tell you what, we need, to, we need to have whatever he's drinking put in the champagne water so everybody else drinks the same <laughs> thing. That's true. We appreciate the loyal listenership, Dwayne. That we do. Hey, Menders. So, a pretty uh, pretty awesome weekend of wrestling the last uh, last few days in ours between AEW and uh, my exploits in Indianapolis. But uh, I didn't get to watch the the AEW shows Friday and Saturday because of course I wasn't uh, home but uh some uh it seemed like some interesting happenings with uh Adam Cole and Adam Page with the Texas death match it sounds like they ruffled a few feathers yeah i it was an entertaining match but the obviously the timing of the uh, uh religious symbolism i guess was probably i don't know maybe not the smartest move right, uh, right. you know it seemed kind of Kind of out of place. Yeah, for for those that don't know, uh, Paige put a crown of finger quotes, crown of thorns, which is a barbed wire halo, on Adam Cole's head during the match and put him through a table. And being close to Easter, that might not have been the very, uh, uh, the smartest. Very offensive to some Christians. Yeah, there were quite a few wrestling personalities on Twitter that uh, that they didn't care for it too much, and mm-hmm. that's coming from somebody like Vince Russo. He didn't care for it. Bischoff who, uh, was pissed. I saw Bischoff as well, and these are guys who had. You know, yeah. book some questionable segments in say, their time. So. Russo is no stranger to questionable booking and borderline offensive stuff on TV. Yeah. My, my biggest issue with the whole match was the fact that Adam Cole lost again. I just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I would have thought that'd be the night for, for Cole to win. It and, seemed uh, like it. I, I just don't feel like Hangman's got enough. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like he has the, the support that I think people thought he was going to have no. early on. Um, and I think that comes from the uh, the promo side of things. He's not he's not very good on the mic. No, no. Plus, he dresses like an eight year old who dresses like a cowboy every every episode. <laughs> uh, Cole, we've said it before. Cole's ready. He's primed to be the guy in AEW. Well, the thing is, is is he's he's a heel, but he's getting babyface pops. I mean, he's he's getting a louder pop than some of the the booked babyfaces. I mean, he's got such a wave of support that it, it just makes sense to put the belt on him. And again, I think they're waiting. Maybe maybe Kenny Omega, once he's ready to come back, because that's going to be the logical feud is Omega yeah. and Cole. Maybe they don't want to put the belt on him so soon. I, I think it really depends on Kenny Omega's timeline. Right. Is there any chance they're saving Cole for Ring of Honor to put the put that belt on him? 
I don't think so. I think, you know, Ring of Honor, I, I'm not sure where they're going with that. Obviously, Samoa Joe is going to be a big part of that. looks like lethal. Um, beyond that, I don't know. It w- I think it would make sense for somebody like Brian Danielson, you know. Yeah. I think they're going to keep Punk in AEW. Yeah, I would. I think so. But Brian Danielson, I think, could be expendable. I mean, I like the new group. I dig the Blackpool Combat yeah. Club. I think I'm, Wheeler Yuta's really benefiting. Yeah, how good was he, that match he had with Moxley? Since Man. the last time we got together, he just really showed out for that one. He just he gets better and better each week. Um, yeah. My only issue with Wheeler, and I saw it on Twitter, somebody else, same thing, he's got he's to fix his gear. He's got he's to do something with it. He's got the, the long neon. pants. <laughs> And then, like, wrestling shoes. He just kind of, like, I don't know. He needs, like, boots with kick pads or something just to give him a little more or, presentation. Or less neon-colored attire. That's possible as well. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really fly with Moxley and Regal. <laughs> and and uh, good thoughts to William Regal uh, recovering from his curse from last Wednesday. Uh, yeah. uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> he's, that guy's a, I told I said this on the Facebook. He's a friggin' national treasure. Didn't didn't you get cursed this weekend? I did not cur- get cursed. I uh, Were you a curser and not I, a cursee? I, I endorsed the curse. I didn't actually do the uh, fingers. Hey, Kyle. Kyle Reed, former co-host. Welcome to all the other. We've got a couple of names I don't recognize, so welcome to yeah. the new listeners this? out there. Hello, Miss Redman. Stacy. Uh, oh, that's my wife. Okay. <laughs> she said she might be listening today because uh, we had uh, quite an experience at the Squirt Circle Expo in Indianapolis. But before we get into that, let's talk about what we got coming up today, Narge. Uh, on the books for today's show, we have a uh, a real standout in independent wrestling this past year from Chicago and GCW is uh, Gringo Loco. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be a great guest. Gringo's really kind of just blown up this year. I the first time I'd saw him was actually with uh, AAW out of Chicago, or you know Seth Rollins kind of got his start and a couple other guys right. you know. Um, and then GCW, he's kind of taken off with them. Got to host his own show. WrestleMania weekend, the world on Lucha for the GCW Collective. So I think, you know, Gringo's real high on Brett Lauderdale's list of talent right now. And and he's proved it in the ring each and every night. I posted a video the other day, him and Joey Janela going at it. Fantastic yeah. match. So Yeah, I haven't seen him miss this year like with the uh, matches, either Psycho Clown or uh, Ninja Mac. Uh, yeah. And we'll get into his, uh, his own show from the Collective couple weeks ago and uh any number of other things so we're looking forward to that one that'll be in about a half hour so maybe maybe 20 minutes but uh whenever he arrives pretty much (laughs) yep yep so let's get back into aew this weekend Narge. battle of the belts i didn't see it it's from what i heard it was a kind of underwhelming show from what i've heard i didn't get a chance to see it either i read the read the spoilers you know it looks like sammy uh, Guevara's got his belt back, so that was you know they, that's unfortunate. They treated Scorpio as kind of a transitional yeah. champion. Yeah, he, he was undefeated for over a year. Mm-hmm. From what I read today, though, it sounds like the crowd is really turning on Sammy and Ty, and it it sounds like they're going to be booked as heels going forward, which is a very smart decision in yeah. my opinion. Sammy's a better heel than a babyface oh, anyway. Yeah, you just want to slap him. Yeah, he's got that look. Um, Are they getting the? Cody Brandy treatment that they should have gotten. That's yeah, I think so. They're you know, and that's what should happen with Cody and Brandy. You're absolutely right. Menders, our our buddy, says she's over Sammy. Yeah, I I still think he's great in the ring. I think once they paired him up with Ty Conti, that it it started to run it for me as well. So I'm okay with him yeah. being a heel. 
They've got enough baby faces that you know. You know who I wouldn't mind seeing? They're bringing Hook over to Dynamite. I know Saw Hook's that. kind of messing around with Danhausen, but I don't. I think that's just for fun. Yeah. You know, it's the internet guys. I wouldn't mind seeing Hook and Sammy figure something. Oh, out. we're gonna oh, yeah. we're gonna see Dwayne and Menders go at it in a minute. Oh, uh oh, she's over Sammy, and he likes Sammy. Oh boy, we have our first. <laughs> match <laughs> mindy doesn't care for sammy's reckless style it appears which he does yes, he is know. uh he can get a little sloppy in the ring that's for sure so of course accusing one person from aw being sloppy over other people is kind of heavy-handed yeah there's a lot of them uh you know no regard for safety i think your buddy gary who's been on the show a few times he would mm-hmm. agree i know that's oh, yeah. one of gary's big gripes he likes to yell at that cloud with the aw <laughs> logo on it uh the main event i guess was uh Nyla Rose and Thunder Rosa, I believe that was the main event of the Battle of the Belt show. And I heard that actually was a pretty fun match. And uh, uh, Yeah, I didn't read much about that. I read more that had the Ring of Honor match with right. Gresham and Dalton Castle. Yeah, I heard Gresham got hurt in that match. Early on, I heard Castle impressed quite a few people. They really liked the gimmick. And, you know, it's unfortunate because Gresham, he's kind of their big guy. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of folks on the internet giving him grief for his height. Uh, but those guys giving him shit, I don't think realize that Gresham would probably stretch him out. If you know, oh yeah, <laughs> I I still say right now, pound for pound, probably the best technical wrestler in the at least in the country. Yeah, if not maybe the world. You know, everybody puts uh, Danielson up there. I I'm still waiting to see that match. Oh yeah, and Gresham I think and Danielson. That's coming once we get. The, well, I was just reading an article before we went on that Tony Khan said down the road he'd love to do an AEW Ring of Honor Super Show. Well. It's kind of different because he's obviously going to send some AEW guys to Ring of Honor, so it's going to be kind of that old WWE invasion thing. Now, he also said he wants to do an AEW New Japan Super Show. Well, and I think that's what the big announcement is tomorrow night. He's got a huge announcement Wednesday night. He loves his big announcements, doesn't he? And the rumor is AEW New Japan in Chicago in June. It's got to be United Center, right? You'd think so, right? I mean, For New Japan? For and a New with, Japan Ring of Honor and AEW Super yeah. Show. Oh, and one, ooh. Yeah, so they're June in Chicago. Um, haven't set a venue, but th- that's the rumor tomorrow night is the announcement. If it's not that, I would assume it's got to be some sort of uh, streaming deal, which yeah. was the rumor about a month ago before he announced the Ring of Honor purchase was the po- possible streaming deal with HBO Max. Yeah. That or he's announcing Suntem Singh is getting a world title shot. Yeah, I hope. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah we we agree. <laughs> we we agree. Pretty much farting church last Wednesday at the end of Dynamite. Terrible. Uh, number one, the match with Suzuki and Joe was freaking awesome. Yeah, that was great. That's a that's a dream match, definitely for me among other people. Those guys just slapped the shit out of each other. My wife was watching and she was like, "My God!" Like, right? <laughs> you can see Suzuki's chest was hamburger by oh, yeah. the end of the match. Joe gets the win, gets a clean on. That didn't surprise me because Suzuki's going to eventually go back to Japan, so he can't really be around to defend the title regularly for Ring of Honor. And then they do the uh, angle with Lethal and Sanjay jumping Joe, and the lights go up. <laughs> Usual Tony Khan 101, lights go out, <laughs> and when they come back on, you got this colossal Indian fellow, Suntem Singh, former basketball player, and he basically unloads the great Kali's whole moveset on Samoa Joe. <laughs> it was uh, it was very reminiscent of, yeah, the, the Yeti or Giant Gods. It just kind of, what Yeti. is this? 
And then I read that Tony kind of passed the buck on that and said it wasn't his decision, even Bullshit. though everything goes through him. <laughs> He's the booker. Yeah, it was definitely like he got caught with, you know, the he cookies with the in pants his hand yeah, yeah. or whatever. He's, you know, oh, it wasn't me. It was this no. guy. You make the decisions, no. pal. Bullshit. Come on, Tony. Should you get the pot? You know, and I, I defend Tony all day long, but that was, you know, right. we, we came up with better, I think, yeah, we, debut I think angles for that gentleman. We both agree that he should have walked down the aisle. So yeah. people can really appreciate just how friggin' huge he is, because he's what seven four, seven. He's right around almost size. He's he's a big boy. I you'd said that. I had said you know similar to what NXT used to have him in the crowd. Maybe have one of their little announcers go and talk. I Me mean, even Shivani, talk to him. He sits out there, and at the end, he you know comes, just over, comes the over the rail, jump the rail. Well, he so, just he step over. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have to jump over anything. It's just a hop. It's to the left. Yes, and then a, what? Shake to the right? Is that the how the <laughs> Joe Lamondola wasn't watching a movie right now? He'd be chiming in, telling me what the actual sequence is for the time warp. Minders probably knows. She may. It's it's up her alley, I bet. But um, Kyle but, Reed says I'm in for that super show. So am I. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Barring anything else in my personal life, right? It, it, it would be a blast. You had mentioned maybe this is maybe we finally get CM Punk and uh, Okada, right? Is that what you said? That's what I said. I think there's two routes you go with Okada on this show. One's Punk, and I think you know what the other one is, and that's the uh, American Dragon. Yeah, those are the those are the that's two the, best options. Either one of those will be the main event of that show. But in Chicago, is I think it's got to be Punk. Yeah, makes the most sense. Punk's got to be in that main event slot yeah. against the bigger name. Might get Tanahashi and Moxley on that show. Uh, Which he's been wanting. He's been know. calling for it. Uh, Eddie Kingston <coughs> excuse me, uh, came out and challenged Ishii at the New Japan show in Chicago this past weekend. So it remains to be seen when that's going to happen. But who knows, maybe if something happens in June in Chicago, maybe that's where we get that match. And that's one I'd be down for because that would just be two guys beating the crap out of each other that's that's the gentleman i don't know a ton about new japan he's the gentleman that tagged with orange cassidy a couple months back on dynamite right yes the stone pitbull tomohiro ishii it's kind of a kind of an odd pairing for dynamite i think i remember you saying you put anybody with orange cassidy it's an odd pairing (laughs) yeah (laughs) kind of been missing his antics the last couple weeks but where where he left off dan housen has picked up and oh yeah you you referenced that segment with regal earlier and that was fantastic. That whole between him and Hook and Ricky Starks, right? Ricky Stocks, Stocks, Stocks. Uh, it was it was great. That whole thing was just awesome. Along with Regal, when Danielson was demanding that Danhausen break the curse, because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> these are the serious guys right now, <laughs> right? Well, and people were kind of shitting on it for the 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 segment, but I, it was afterwards. It wasn't taped for television or anything. It was literally a dark match segment wwe used to do silly shit like they always that too. they always do those kind of go home segments yeah. after dynamite but people were just like oh these are the tough guys and they shouldn't be doing these sit skits and if it was wwe well, yes if it was live i would probably agree yeah you know dan Housen and hook that that's great they keep it real short hook was getting interviewed dan Housen pops up out of the garbage and eats <laughs> his chips like it's right? funny yeah. you get a nice little chuckle and then you move on yeah. so. i mean hook's doing nothing wrong because he's literally saying nothing Nothing. Yeah, he hasn't. All he does is just walk away and throw his <laughs> chips away. He's what's he doing wrong? 
What I like is that AEW is finally starting to build some homegrown talent, yes. though. Um, Hook's one of them, but we got to talk about the biggest one. I think that's Wardlow. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody knew who he was before he came to AEW. No, and the way they're using him right now, he's he will be the world champion by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, the pops, uh, every week, him trying to break into the building to get to MJF is one of the biggest pops on the show. I'll tell you the part that really got him over to me is when he was on the other side of the railing with the security shirt on. Yes. And then when he took the mask off, he had the biggest smile on his yep. face. And I'm like, oh, he's... He's having a ball right well, now. Well, and that's it. You're starting to see some of his personality. Yeah. It, you know, they let him cut a promo a couple weeks back, and he was a little long-winded. But he did say that he wants that opportunity. He feels like he can talk and that he can cut a promo. And I think he could. It was a good promo had it been shortened. But you can see that personality, the look on his face. He's having a good time. I watch him work with the guys. I don't think he's dangerous. No. He, he comes across. He look. He, he kind of has a very Goldberg look, you know, in the break-aparts and stuff like that. I say more but batista you, uh, yeah, I can see that, but um, he's just you know my my son Murray. That that's his guy right now is Wardlow. He, right. he loves him some Wardlow. Yeah, Murray so. loves him some AEW. Oh yeah, he's all about it. We were uh, we were playing two K twenty two last night. We had to download all the AEW guys to make sure they were on there. Right. So. I, what, the AEW guys are in WWE two K twenty two's game. It's the community creations online. Can, like the oh, players can yeah. create the guys in the creator wrestler mode and then upload it to the oh, so they're allowing you to create and share your stuff yeah yeah that's it's all cool. yeah so how are we, the uh, how's the artwork for when people do that that's pretty good because yeah. not only can you upload that but you can get on upload images tattoos arenas uh, arenas i mean oh, yeah. it's it's pretty so it's, it's a pretty good marketplace type thing yeah, is it all free or are there some people trying to charge no it's no, all it's, it's, it's all free it's free yeah. okay uh, so I haven't played the game yet. How's, how's I was going to ask that because the last few incarnations of wrestling on any system I played, you know, you feel like oh, I'm running forward, and the guy doesn't move, and then he moves after you decide to go a different direction because it didn't work. No, this um, it it's I will say worlds better than twenty. Yeah, twenty so glitchy. Slightly better than nineteen, which nineteen was our favorite at our house. That's okay. the one with AJ Styles on it. Right. This one, the graphics are worlds. We're just worlds better. I mean, when you're watching the crowd, literally, they don't have any duplicates of people in the crowd, which is cool. Everybody's yeah, that, their that, own. That third person, that sixth person, that ninth person, that they all look the same. And they're all different, and they all are doing their own thing. It's not like nice. back in the day where it was just a big blob it's of color. The big wave. You know? it's, yeah. I mean, it's a blast. Or the, or the flat stand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, even last night, I've got a creator wrestler that I got. And, uh, is it the pain train? It is not. I, I had the pain train, and then Kyler told me to save something and it deleted the whole thing. I spent an hour and a half creating. He ended the and pain Kyler, train. Kyler was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Dad." And then walked off. I'm like, "What the hell?" Wow. Oh, I was up. I was, up, I was up till about. 2:30. You need to make a. You need to make a four foot nine, super skinny, the K man, and then make a pain train to beat his ass. That'll <laughs> happen. Um, but, I mean, even the graphics on there, you get punched in the face a couple times. It starts to swell up and it changes oh, nice. colors. Yeah, stuff like that. So it's it's worth it. That's for sure. Yeah, it was something I need to look into that but i think they just had a big sale actually uh, that i recently know. on uh on microsoft website i think mm-hmm. they're the wwe 2k 22 i believe is on sale right now for like i don't know 39 instead of 59 or something nice. i don't know the, the easter bunny brought ours so that's <laughs> nice. a damn fine rabbit you have there sir he sure is. Is there so back to my original point though? Any other homegrown talent that you think AEW's booking right, other than Hook and uh, Wardlow? I think they're on the right track with Daniel Garcia. Yeah, I mean he's the one 
that's getting the most shine out of this Jericho group, I think, right now. What about the women's division? Cargill, right? Cargill is probably the main one that they're really pushing. She's doing good. Um, and I, I, I reference her because, obviously, her next challenger is Marina Schaffer, yeah. the Mrs. Roderick Strong. Right, right. I didn't particularly care for how she was debuted last week. She's been on Dark, but if you don't pay attention to Dark... I don't have, watch Dark. You don't have a freaking clue who she is. No. They bring her out against Sky Blue, who the crowd really likes. Oh, I She's kind Sky of an Blue. indie darling. Yeah, and Midwest girl. Marina just kind of tossed her around. and You know, people on the internet defended it. There were some pros that defended it said it looked more like a real fight because she's, uh, I think she's a judo. She's a MMA fighter, you judo know. player. I think, did she train with Ronda or just hang out with she, They were all in the same group. Right. But uh, I like her look. She looks legitimately tough, but they didn't yeah. build her up right. They literally brought her out. The crowd was dead. I think that was the bathroom break match. Right. And then at the end, they were like, oh, she's wrestling Jade for the belt. Like, what? Who did what? she beat? Yeah. Who I mean, knows? I love Sky she Blue, beat? but they got to have her beat somebody like uh, Ruby Soho or uh, Red Velvet or somebody Ruby like Soho's that. Ruby Soho still there? <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> yeah, so, talk about somebody that's been wasted. No, I know, right? So what do you think? Jade's got a group now. Big surprise. Tony has another faction going. The baddies. The baddies. It's Red Velvet, and I forget who the other is. It be, uh, Kira Hogan. Kira Hogan. Okay. No. Not a bad lineup for, mm-hmm. for a group. I don't know. Red Velvet seems kind of random because she was just a babyface a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and Kira Hogan is literally wrestled, I think, on Dark like twice, and then right. it was you know wanting to leave. <laughs> right, but I am a fan of Kira Hogan though. She's a hell of a talent. I remember her from Impact. Too, oh yeah, with, uh, Tasha Steeles. What were they? Um, the Fire and Flavor. Fiber, yeah, Fiber. 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 Fiber and fire. <laughs> uh, all African American women. Right. Is right. that is that by design? You think or just? It's hard to tell. I know Tony got somebody tried to raise some shit with Tony last year about being racist. But yeah, I think we all know that's a crack of shit. No, well, and that's that's why she's not working anywhere now. Who Big Swole? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's because she's terrible in the ring. Like yeah, she's really not. <laughs> I mean, she's not. I'm not one to shit on wrestlers for talent because God knows I can't do it. But yeah, she always seems like a little stiff and. She got a chip on her shoulder. Her and her husband both. Yeah, chips on their shoulder. But her, but her husband can work better though. He can. He, he lacks the personality, but he's got the in-ring skills for sure. Yeah. Uh, Cargill, you know, to her credit, Smart Mark Sterling, he really tried to build this feud. They did a backstage segment where he was like, he's trying to get her to pay attention to the screen and right. she's texting. Right. You know, so, but that, that's not enough for me to be invested. So I'm hoping, I think they're supposed to wrestle tomorrow night. Okay. Already, which seems fast. I would, I would have pushed that back yeah. a couple of weeks. They got to have a face to face at some point beforehand, right? Yeah, you got a contract build. signing. Do a have Marina run in on Jade after a match or something. So and that's what I'm wondering where this goes tomorrow night. Maybe Jade doesn't beat her clean. It seems too early though. Jade's only beat a couple of folks, like uh, credible folks. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm the bunny. And, it, it seems <laughs> it seems like they're priming Jade for a, a world title run. You would think so. I think she's. Probably, I would say she's probably the one that's going to beat Thunder Rosa. Would make the most sense. But it's going to be a ways off. Thunder Rosa's got to kind of establish herself as champion. she got to win over Nyla, which is kind of the 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 blueprint for the women's division is when somebody wins the title, they get Nyla first. I was going to say, I know you are you were hoping for Nyla to be in the baddies, right? <laughs> I really couldn't care less. <laughs> I'm not a big Nyla fan. She's awesome to watch in the ring, you know, Somebody can throw everybody around and all that. But 
They can when do she, more with her with Vicky there now. Yeah, but when she lost the tournament to Riho, that first dynamite, I was like, I checked out. <laughs> I was like, come on. <laughs> you got a 90-pound little girl beating a, I'll be polite, 240-some pound yeah. woman. And Rio is never believable to me. I, I thought no. that was a terrible decision she, to put the belt on this, her. This may sound awful. She looks like the blow-up doll that wrestled Ibushi. <laughs> Yeah, that's why Kenny. That's why Kenny booked her. So here's something: have they have they said any more about Omega when he's coming back? If he's, I he had heard quite a bit of shit to get work going on. on. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of been you know the last thing I heard about Omega. I know they were talking about the video game again coming out. I think it's supposed to come out sooner than expected. But ring work. I mean, Callus came out at the last pay per view and said it'd be soon, and that was kind of the last we heard of it. So right. So here's what I'm wondering. They got this New Japan Super Show on the books. Is there any possibility that we get the Golden Lovers, uh, Omega and Ibushi, teaming up again? It would be awesome. I wouldn't mind seeing them against maybe FTR or, you know. Well, they had a match with the Bucks in Los Angeles a few years ago that just Bucks blew the good. roof off. And if they're going to do this with Cole and the Bucks against Kenny down the road when Kenny comes back, that would be the perfect time to bring Ibushi over. And oh, uh, it, it, his English not very good, right? No, but he's got Don Callis and Omega to do the promos for him. Yeah, that would make sense. I, I remember. I mean, I, I've I've seen a, some of him. I remember he did NXT. I think a lot of people don't know that, or yeah. not NXT, but Two Hundred Five Live or whatever. No, 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 it was NXT. It was NXT and the Cruiserweight Classic. Cruiserweight Classic. That's it. And the, he got to the semifinals. I think. I think him and Saber Junior both got pretty deep in that tournament. That's one TJP beat what the Grand Metalik. Grand Metalik. Who is now Mascaro uh, Dorada? Is that yeah. right? He's working GCW now. Yep. He among other places. Joey Janela had a thing. Joey Janela's I, I saw it earlier today. Somebody says he's playing Legends mode. And they posted all the pictures <laughs> of everybody. It, it's literally it's like a who's who. Scotty Jarrett X Pac. Barry Horowitz. <laughs> Barry Horowitz. <laughs> Speaking of Barry Horowitz, he will be with us on May seventeenth. I believe mm-hmm. it is, whatever that Tuesday is. And we'll have Keith Gibson with us on that episode. Okay. All right. And we uh, got Menders coming in the studio soon. Men- Menders is coming in for the Camaro Jackson episode at the end of May. And we do have a programming note. Our next episode, May 3rd, we'll have uh, NWA's Joe Galley with us. And uh, Narge, you're tagging out for that one. You're not going to be with us on uh, the next episode. No, our other former co host, Kyler, has got a baseball game that night. So I got to do dad duties that night. So I will be How there with him. Sharing you mean I got to drink spikes. twice as much? That's don't, yeah. Don't the oh, Centennial cool. Spikes know our schedule? <laughs> no, they do not. <laughs> we should we should get it to them. <laughs> but but uh, Keith Gibson will be uh, coming and joining us again, helping us out for that one. So we're we're excited to, ah, to have him back. Great. Well, that'd be good because uh, I sent you guys a video yesterday uh, about uh, from the HBO Max guy about the WWE and John his, Oliver. Uh, yeah, John Oliver and his uh, I call him concerns regarding Vince McMahon and how he has uh, treated his wrestlers historically. and uh, uh, Well, first off, that's an old episode. That's from a few years ago. I know. It's ago. last two years ago. I know. But it but still it stands. Seemed, it seemed like a hatchet job to me. Well, but. it seemed like the guy saw something that's inequitable. And with Virgil announcing he has had two strokes and dementia coming on, yet another head injury-based thing, I think there's a lot to it. But that's for the next episode. Right. We're not getting into that today. But that's correct. Uh, so well, that'd yeah. be great. Keith will be here because I know he'll have yeah. some thoughts too. But all I'll say about that is that's more than a WWE problem. 
That's a, I don't disagree. That's a wrestling Do problem not, across the board. No, that's a that's an athletics problem across yes. the board. I would say very true. Very Anytime true. anybody can Football, contact you know. a wall or a human being, you have a human. You have a problem. Right. So. Could but be we'll, the narcotics that uh, Virgil's <laughs> Those are always be, a it's all the possibility, sauce. but yeah, that's also dealt sauce. with, too. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's something we'll get into more in a couple weeks. Uh, Narge, if you are listening in your Bluetooth at the ball game and you feel like calling in, you, of course, got the, uh, sure will. Got the open forum. You have the Zoom link. I do. Yep. <laughs> Zoom right in and co-host from the ball field. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was looking to see if our guest was on yet. No, he has not arrived not yet. yet. All, right. All right. Well, we will we'll keep going. So, so Dwayne, uh, Dwayne brought up. He wanted to know. Did you see his video of Ric Flair in his, uh, you know, disconnected garage wrestling it, league it, scenes? That was fun. it. Was Ric Flair rolling around with Jay Lethal, just working out? And yeah, he can do these moves. But number one, they're like quarters. Quarters slow was. <laughs> I don't take that as. Well, oh, that wasn't that, on slow mo. No, no, that was real time. So I don't think that. Ric Flair is anywhere near the shape to actually work an actual match right no, now. No, and Dwayne said he could still go. No, he cannot, he cannot. go, Dwayne. <laughs> can, I think that's. Out. I think we all agree here, Dwayne, that no, he can't go. He wasn't really going. This was probably this more exercise. For, well, it was exercise and probably more for people like you, Dwayne, who, for some reason, believe it means something. And and I think it was also just wanting to have a chance to have a little fun with Jay Lethal because right. these he always speaks very highly of Lethal, and so he got to have like a little Ric Flair match just. You know, for the shits and giggles. Well, and Dwayne mentions Flair needs to run off before he tarnishes his legacy. Hasn't he done that? He's, he's, he's tarnished that legacy. He's a few working times. on that. I mean, it's uh, going to take a lot of brasso to get that tarnish off. Well, this new podcast that he's got, from my understanding, he's burnt quite a few bridges on well, that. His, his co host already quit. He already quit. <laughs> yeah. Mark Madden. And, and apparently they were good friends for 20, 30 years, and now yeah. their friendship is over. And Ric Flair said they were never friends. And Ric Flair's really kind of showing. He's uh, showing a little senility, isn't he? Yeah, he's kind of showing a are we, side that, you know. Are we getting, you know, get off my get off of my lawn, man? Is that where we're headed with this? I think he's he's getting to a point where he just doesn't give a shit anymore. He's That's getting divorced. I mean. He almost died. He's kind of like, I'm going to say whatever I want. He's and, becoming a crotchety old fuck kind of. Yeah, yeah I think he said, get off my lawn guy. He, he's turning into Bret Hart, and he's older than Bret Hart. Right, right. <laughs> Although, uh, we got to mention this. Bret Hart put in a strong case for our friend of the show, Barry Horowitz, to uh, get into the Hall of Fame. Hey, welcome to our uh, a former special guest we had on the show. Sam Stackhouse is listening. Oh, nice. Sam, welcome hey, Sam. to the listening. We appreciate it. Sam's got a pretty big uh, weekend coming up. He's getting some revenge for his pro wrestling loco peeps because uh i forget the name of the guy posted a video setting the belt on fire oh no <laughs> that green belt with the with the face on it yeah. it was no more he got uh, he got torched up in smoke <laughs> yeah so to speak so i guess sam is gonna go get some revenge and uh we of course wish him luck with that we got uh we got sam's back all the time right that's right absolutely i see Dwayne and mindy are having a hell of a debate on the uh <laughs> On the message on the thread here, but uh, let's get into Raw a little bit, Narge, because we have uh, we have some things to discuss from last night. Oh, that was on last night. <laughs> I probably should have turned the two K off at some point. No, I Those read, video the, games I read the review or the post show. So the big story, I think, is uh, is Austin Theory, new U.S. champion, beat Finn Balor. 
Yeah, Finn, I, I read online, I laughed out loud last night, uh, Austin finally dethroned Finn after his legendary title run with the belt, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think Finn was just holding a place for, for Theory, if you ask me. Oh, he definitely was. They, this was the plan all along, and it sucks, because Finn's such a great worker. Yeah. I don't I don't know why he's kind of lost favor with whoever, but... Uh, Has they, have they lost favor, or is he the guy they count on to have a match with everybody? Could be. I don't know. Is he, he the guy, like, when they bring somebody new in to see how... It's kind of what... Is he the new Dolph Ziggler? Is he the new Sean Waltman? That was Xbox's <laughs> job for a long time. Was If they brought somebody new in, the first thing to do, work with Xbox. Yeah. Could so, be. I mean, he he can work with anybody. He's proven oh, yeah. that. Yeah, I yeah. just... I, th- I think there's money to be made with him still, right. you know? I think uh, I think a heel run would probably suit Finn pretty well at this point. Oh, yeah. No. Get rid of the demon. You know, obviously, yeah, I, I like the demon. the demon thing, but a heel it, run with him would yeah, be great. The demon can't be a heel. It's no. got to be just the prince back, you know. But uh, I had mentioned building up this show that the way, of course, you know, fixing what ain't broke, uh, Austin Theory is no longer Austin Theory anymore. He's just Theory. It kind of came out of the blue last week, and I said on the thread, I think they could have done that properly, but they just decided, oh, by the way, I'm Theory now. Yeah. Is he the one that, nah, maybe misremembered WrestleMania, that Vince was buddies with and, yeah. like, pushing and working with and, like, yeah, okay. Right, so there, okay. you. I mean, you could kind of. It's I think an evolutionary all, step thing. He's no longer Austin Theory. He is right. Theory. Well, they could allude to it because obviously Vince McMahon's biggest rival is right. Steve Austin. Right. Mm-hmm. So you drop the Austin. And, it, you know, I get and that's, it. And that's where I would go. I would have Austin Theory come out and say, you know what? Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't deserve to share a name with me. So from now on, I'm just going to be Theory. Right. And because, you know, he got the big stunner from Steve. Vince got embarrassed by Steve. So. That'd just be the way I would go about doing that. Then say, for now on, I'm theory, and I don't care anymore. And, uh, yeah, the U.S. title run, as soon as he started working with Vince, I thought he was, it was time. He was going to get there. Yep. No. Um, a lot of these guys, uh, who is the, uh, who's the Intercontinental Champion right now on uh, SmackDown? What now? Who's the Intercontinental Champion? Uh, Ricochet, I, I believe, still yeah, is. Yeah, not for long. I think I think he's transitional too. I I kind of expected Jinder Mahal to win it last week. So yeah, I was I would have not been surprised by that. I don't know who else it would be though. To would it be Corbin maybe? Maybe Matt. Well, Matt maybe Corbin, and then Madcap takes it off Corbin. Makes so, sense. So you know, obviously, I think they want to push him. So yeah, because he's got all the tools. Just got to get rid of the goofy goofy name. Yeah. But, well, uh, and now that they've yeah now that they switched, maybe he will. Hopefully. Right. right. Hope he doesn't go by Moss. It'd be terrible, right? <laughs> just be be <laughs> Moss Man. Just dress like the character from from Masters of the Universe. Just wear a Narrow. green fur suit, like a jolly green giant meets giant Gonzalez kind of attire, you know. And Narrow. that and I try to not make fun of giant Gonzalez on the show anymore. <laughs> Learned your lesson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the other big thing from Raw, uh, Rhea Ripley finally turned on Liv. And went heel. I don't know who didn't see that coming. I, I think everybody <laughs> did. We were just waiting for it. But here's, and I was listening, busted open as I usually do today. It was Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray were doing the show today, and they do an awesome job. And Tommy actually made a really good point. He said he would have had it because Rhea took the fall. She got pinned, and then she complained that Liv was, wasn't there, to blah, blah, blah. So then she knocked her out. Tommy said that it should have been Liv turning the heel on Rhea. 
Oh, that would have swerved, swerved everybody. And I'm then, okay with that. and then everybody's talking Rhea's a heel. She's going to join up with Edge and Priest now. Who are the new Undertakers? Apparently, uh, smoke and mirrors and lights and <laughs> they're they're kind of uh, bully compared them to the Sith. <laughs> uh, it's I like don't know. Palpatine it's, it's a, and Darth Vader. Yeah, but, it's, it's a weird gimmick. I mean, last last yeah. week, you know, in the middle of the match with uh, Priest and AJ, it just ends right. with, with purple lights, lights and yeah. I, I would get rid of the purple. I think. I mean, I, I you know that was kind of Damien's color, but Undertaker, they're doing a similar, right? I don't want to say similar gimmick, but kind of that whole aura. I, w- I wouldn't use purple, right? And Priest uh, said yesterday he it was mind games. That's they put, they explained. Oh, okay. the lights going out the week before. I also have an issue. Obviously, AEW has House of Black, and this very very similar. You yeah, know, but I but I I do say Edge and Priest makes a better pair than Black and Brody. Nah, I think Black and Brody look the part. They look like the yeah, satanic but, worshippers. But, Edge, <laughs> but Edge and Priest can cut the promos and, and they can get shit done in the ring. Yeah, oh no, yeah. I mean, I'm not even can. I'm not even hating on House of Black because I love those guys. But if I'm if you give me a choice, Priest and Edge or Black and King, I'm taking Priest and Edge every time. I'm just I'm gonna need I need Edge to step it up a little bit. I feel like he's you know dialed think, it in his last couple of matches where Priest has been pretty consistent. I yeah. enjoy watching him. My wife, actually, and I don't know if she's still on the thread, she asked if this is Edge's way of kind of taking a back seat and kind of phasing himself out of the in-ring. Could he's, be. Getting, <laughs> he's getting old, isn't he? Well, he was, I don't mean in a bad way, just he's getting older, yeah. yeah. So. Plus, he's had the injuries. Yeah, yeah, he was out for how long? 10, 12 years? Nine years. Nine years, and he's been back three. And I think he kind of said that, you know, he didn't have much left in yeah, the tank. Yeah, he said his show fight isn't high right now. So... So this could be, and I think him as a manager would be great. Yeah. Like after his, after he retires from in-ring again. Become a manager and beat the tar out of Vince every chance he gets. <laughs> what? No. Vince ain't got much <laughs> left either. <laughs> Wayne uh, says Edge and Priest Brew 2.0. I think that's kind of the route they're going. It's. Uh, I still wouldn't mind seeing Gangrel show up with him just as a kind of a the you know a guy in the background. That would, nothing that would be, else. And this is also from Busted Open. They mentioned Gangrel. They said the way to really establish this group is to have Gangrel come back, then have Edge beat the crap out of Gangrel and wipe him out. Yeah, I mean, you could always bring Gangrel back and kind of be like, you know, as he was the inspiration for this group, the lead. He was the original leader of the brood, obviously. Yeah. So you you go with that for a few weeks, and then yeah, they drop him, and you know he right. gets a, a nice payday, and he gets a little come up and bring somebody over, like yeah. Kevin Thorne maybe, or <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's I, from what I read, he I, I think he's done doing the in ring. He yeah. uh, separated his shoulder at a show. Oh wow, yeah, he was at the uh, Squirt Circle Expo this yeah. past weekend. I didn't get a chance to meet him, but uh, I think he, he was only there for one day. He's on my Twitter, and he was doing an indie show, and got th- he was do- he did a battle royal. He was a surprise guy. Got thrown over the top and separated his shoulder, and said that he was probably done with the in ring. So, I got to see him in uh, indie at the Collective two years ago against uh, one of our favorites, Danhausen. So, that was a fun <laughs> that's match. A ma- that's a matchup. It was yeah. He was dressed as Mordecai. <laughs> Danhausen did the jar of teeth and the tequila bit and the whole thing. It was fantastic. Morde- he actually stepped back and kicked Danhausen's jar of teeth on the ground and shattered everywhere. Oh. You don't do that to Danhausen's teeth. Shout out to Danhausen, though. A uh, friend of the show, John Mayer, was Danhausen's assistant at Squared Circle Expo this yep. week, and said couldn't have been a nicer guy. Yeah, said he was just fantastic with all of the fans. Was fantastic with him. 
Um, you're going to get into the squared circle expo here in a bit, but from what I heard, it was just, I, I didn't, I didn't read one negative comment out of the hundreds that I read. Cause I always get on these conventions and I look through always to see if there's some drama or some bullshit. There was nothing. No, literally nothing. Everybody said it was better than last year, which only means good things. Cause they signed a contract for a third year. Yeah. They've already announced next year. They're doing it. Uh, week April, after Mania. April 7th and 8th. Yep. So and we're already making our plans to go back. We're, we made the mistake of staying in a hotel 10 miles away. Ah. So this time we're actually staying in the actual hotel they're having the, the expo at. Makes so. sense. Why not get a, you know, hang out with some folks? John had said that he had actually was walking around, and there was the guys. He said at the end of the show, though, I guess he came down to get a drink, and Dan Housen was in the lobby. No no, no paint, nothing. Just, just Donovan. Just kind of just kind of chilling, and nobody noticed it. And he's right. like, you know, John's a smart guy. He's like, can't put one past me, and walked <laughs> over and thanked him and stuff, and he was yeah. super cool about yeah. it. So. Yeah, uh, it was kind of, he was, Dan Housen was in full gimmick during yeah. the thing, but he was, but he wasn't doing the voice. No? No, he was kind of using his regular voice. Like, he was like, oh, hello. He, none of that. Just. This is regular speaking voice. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Uh, he did walk away from the Squirt Circle Expo with a jumping the rail T-shirt. By the way, I don't you. know if it'll make it on the TV. He told me he wears sweaters and capes on TV, so I don't know if the T-shirt will make it. But <laughs> maybe on his podcast, he's got a vlog, he's got a vlog. Uh, yeah. I heard. So, but I I did hear from John that he can guarantee that Dan Housen did return to his room with that shirt. So yeah, he told me the jar of animal teeth that. <laughs> somebody yes. gave him did not make it to his room <laughs> it's a gimmick folks i don't think he collects teeth no, no. not not animal teeth human yeah. teeth yeah yeah human teeth human <laughs> monies yeah animal teeth doesn't have the same currency as uh human teeth so i mean let's get into that real quick here i don't, we're still waiting for gringo loco we still plan on having him on um uh, not sure where he's at but i'm sure he'll join us soon squared circle expo just right out i mean favorite parts highs lows uh the personal high for me was getting to meet uh, Shane Douglas. The franchise. Yeah, because everybody knows, I say on here, Arn Anderson's my favorite wrestler. Shane ain't far behind. He was my one of my favorite heels. You know, everybody talks about in the 90s, early 2000s, Triple H being the best heel. Shane Douglas was just as good as Triple H was. Oh, yeah. Dean Douglas couldn't get better than no, Dean hey, Douglas. Hey, the Board no. of Education. No. All right. No. no? Talking, talking the franchise, man. <laughs> Triple H didn't have Riot Squad watching his back during <laughs> during matches. But no, Shane couldn't have been a nicer guy. Uh he was at the same table as Sabu. Oh. And yeah. uh because they have the same management. And I took the opportunity. I was, uh got the picture with my posted it on the page. I'm holding the ECW title and the Sabu actually photobombed. It was supposed to just be a picture of me and Shane. I wondered, I was like <laughs> Mark's getting another picture with Sabu, who was in the same outfit he was wearing the previous day. So I don't know if he just <laughs> fell asleep in that. Or... Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I was, we're getting reposed, and all of a sudden, I just feel a hand on my shoulder, and I look, and there's Sabu with hey, the finger up, and two for the price of one. Yeah, can't beat it. Nope. Because they had Shane had a couple belts. He had the NWA title, ECW, and US title on the table. And the deal was, if you took a picture, you could pick which belt you wanted. <laughs> I told him, well, I would pick the NWA, but then I feel like I'd have to throw it down on the ground. <laughs> But you've got to go with the ECW title. Oh, absolutely, is, yeah. But uh, but no, he was a cool guy. I told him that he, and this is true, he was my favorite ECW match of all time was him and Bam Bam, November to Remember. And he was telling me about the match and details and how hot the building was. It was in Pittsburgh. It was his hometown. And I told him, what? And I asked him, because I kind of got the podcast questioning brain a little bit. 
It's like, what happened? Because you remember the spot when Bam Bam swung the crutch at Francine on the apron? Yep. And Shane said, yeah, when we, in ECW, when we swung, we didn't swing over anybody's head. <laughs> he said, we, we always tell you, we're going to swing, you better get out of the way. Yeah. I mean, Fra- hey, Francine's a tough chick, so. Yeah. Yeah. She she took some. She's a cool. I'd love to have her on sometime. Yeah, I was surprised she wasn't at the expo. I thought her. And, I know her and Douglas had done a few conventions a last few, year. Yeah. So, and I was kind of hoping Fonzie would be there with Sabu, but yeah. you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, along with that, I mean, Ted DiBiase couldn't have been a nicer guy. We met. He was the first person that we met when we got there. Got the picture with him. Uh, Ricky Steamboat was there, and you know as well I, as I do. I, uh, you gush over Ricky Steamboat. I do. He's a, he's a sweetheart. He is a prince, man. <laughs> and he signed my uh, my world title belt. Him and uh, Scott Steiner both did. Yeah. And uh, looks good too. Those autographs are solid. That yeah. belt's solid. Yeah. I like shout it. out to the Fandu uh, company that does replica title belts. If you can if you can swing it, that's that'd be the company to go through if yeah. you really want a good quality replica. That's nice. If maybe we can get them to sponsor the podcast. Uh, any lows for you anything that you were kind of like eh. uh, the the wrestling show itself on night two was a lackluster it, it was a little lackluster i mean they had some did shane douglas wrestle in that he, he was wrestled. supposed to he okay. wrestled oh, uh, a guy named sergeant ledbetter <laughs> and the crowd was eating this guy i called him bedwetter and it was ah. it was a it was a hoot but there was a couple matches that i really didn't care for uh the women the nwa women's tag team champions allison k and marty bell had a match it was it was okay yeah um, highlights for that show was Hornswoggle and Brian Myers had a match, a tag match with a couple of guys. And there's a lot of guys on that show I'd never heard of. No, me either. I mean, I don't, I've never heard of Jake Oman, who was their champion. No. So. And I'll tell you what, that guy has got it. He's, yeah. He's got a lot of talent. He had a hell of a match with Cardona. Well, I, I wondered. I th- I figured Cardona was going to take the belt because he's I thought so too. won a belt everywhere else. They, uh, so. they did the old Dusty finish. Uh, Cardona got the pin. They... Marty Elias was the referee for the match, WWE referee. Yep. Awarded the title, and then the uh, guy, Ed uh, Rodriguez, I believe his name is. I might be getting the name wrong. Uh, if Michelle Kozlowski is in the thread, she will tell me. Cause is she it was the guy there. who promotes the show? Yeah. Adolfo. Adolfo was the other guy that was okay, there. Okay. There was he, another guy. So Adolfo used to do the Days of the Dead conventions that we went mm-hmm. to. And that's he's the guy who was bringing in wrestlers. That's how right. I met Ric Flair and all them before. Right, and then right, he right. broke away from Days of the Dead. And did Squared Circle. And is doing Squared Circle. Yeah. And uh, the setups are very similar from what I've seen in the pictures and stuff. And if you've ever been to a convention, Days of the Dead, very well organized. Always was. Yeah. So I can only imagine that Squared Circle. Oh, it was very well organized. Uh, but, yeah, with the finish of the match, though, uh, Ed Rodriguez was the heel manager. He was managing Jake Oman. Cardona was working babyface in the match, but he oh. was kind of getting the 50-50 reaction from the crowd. And uh, after the match was over, Ed uh, slipped a chain into Omen, and they tried to, and they convinced Marty Elias that Cardona had used the chain to knock him out. So then he reversed the ah. decision and put the bill back on Omen. But then Cardona came out, like he grabbed the mic after and said that he will be back next year and there will be a rematch. So we can guarantee Cardona. With, and I make, I got to meet Cardona at the show. That's another one of the pictures I put up. I had a couple buddies meet him this weekend. Looked like he was having a good time. Oh, yeah. You know who else looked like they were having fun? I was kind of surprised. I expected you to get a picture with them, but it was uh, Rick and Scott. Yeah, I didn't get to do the picture. I, like I said, I did the belt. Uh, Scotty signed my titles. I didn't realize how much they cost to, to sign the belts at these yeah. things. Like an autograph, it's like 
maybe 20 40 bucks to do a belt was like 100 which is crazy so they've definitely kind of changed their prices when i went to the thing in dallas a couple years ago it was all i will sign whatever you want 20 bucks you right, know what i mean right right Looked like Rick and Scott were having a good time. Scott was smiling, yeah. and you know, which is so. terrifying, by the yeah. way. <laughs> but I'll tell you, maybe one of my favorite things about this expo, and this isn't like doing Days of the Dead that we went to a couple times, because this is all wrestling across the board. And they had uh, they had some panels going on, like right. where they would take a stretch, and somebody would come and do a Q and A. And they had, I went to a few of those. I went to the one with Ted DiBiase, where he was talking about his career. And uh, it was kind of funny. His son, Brett, the youngest of the DBS, he uh, called in because he didn't know he was doing a panel. He just called him out of the blue on a, on his phone. And the good, the bad, and the ugly theme is Ted DiBiase's ringtone. <laughs> he wants some trivia. And also that just starts playing over the over the microphone. And Is Brett the one that had to pay all that money back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But that's neither here nor there. But uh, <laughs> I, I bring up the stuff we don't want to talk that's about. That's right. But no, so Ted had an awesome... Uh, conversation actually i got to talk to ted a little bit afterwards because i didn't they ran out of time before i could get my question out which was about the night that he and bruce pritchard thought they had lost the million dollar title in their car but it wound up virgil had it (laughs) the next (laughs) night they next day they found it they had to but he said they had to call vince at two in the morning virgil was doing his job he was yeah (laughs) so but yeah because everybody says bruce pritchard tells tall tales on his podcast sometimes and he might embellish things or just be full of crap Ted DiBiase told me that 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 story was 100% true that Bruce told on his podcast. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that was awesome. Uh, Just some of the highlights also. uh, They'd had an ECW panel on night one. It was Shane Douglas, Rhino, and uh, Blue Meanie. No. Where they were just telling stories about the locker room. And it was, my my wife didn't enjoy the panels as much as I did, I don't think. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I, you know. Kind of sometimes you you get in and you listen to that stuff and you don't necessarily know what they're ta- if you're not a big fan like us right. you may not know what they're talking about. I know I, mean, I can imagine the locker room stories from talking to Nova, Mike Bucci. He he'd said that Mike, I could tell you stories all day, but you wouldn't believe him. He said <laughs> everything that you hear about ECW locker rooms is true, yeah. but there's so much that you'll never hear because nobody will share it. That would just blow your mind. Yeah, but. Uh... Yeah, that was cool. I think the most fun panel was the Attitude Era panel, which was the New Age Outlaws and the APA together. I'd heard that. Somebody yeah. in the comments said they were hilarious oh, together. Yeah. Yeah. Road Dog's just shamelessly plugging his own podcast. Uh, <laughs> the Oh, You Didn't Know with Road Dog Brian James. He'd appreciate if I give him a plug. He's going out on tour with Jeff Jarrett, I saw. I think so, yeah. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, local baseball baseball owner. owner. Yeah. He's bringing some talent to the area. Are, are they going to sing with my baby tonight? I don't know. Their first one's going to be in Vegas, though, uh, nice. the weekend of AEW. Nice. Uh, they're doing a show and then going on a tour. But, uh, yeah, real quick, shout-out to Jeff Jarrett. He owns the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes here in Springfield, right. Illinois. He's going to bring in Kevin Nash, Jerry the King Lawler, yeah, yeah. the Road Dog, and Matt Cardona, nice. all uh, coming in over woo, the woo, next woo. couple of months. So. Nice. I see Dwayne asking how much it would be for the expo. Uh, I honestly I don't know how much. Uh, depends on what passes you want, Dwayne. Uh, I would suggest going to their website, squaredcircleexpo.com, and seeing what they got. Yeah, Dwayne, sometimes there's just a general admission that gets you in. A lot there's, of those shows is 30 35 yeah, bucks to get in. And then... I did the main event passes, which was, like I think, like 75 bucks each. And, and then, then the there's VIPs. a VIP. And next year, I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm getting the VIP passes because there's stuff. You that, want the pizza. They had pizza. They had karaoke. <laughs> they had a big bash like at the end of night one. I guess uh, Yagos and Anderson were doing karaoke. 
And and I'll tell you what, I met them the next day, and Carl looked like he was a little out of it. <laughs> well, I told Rachel, I said, look at this picture. I said, uh, you know, LG, he, he's all in it, and Carl's just kind of off to the side, like, let's get this over with. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, Luke Gallows is awesome, Doc Gallows. Well, they had to get up to New Japan, too. They were wrestling, right? At yeah, the, they wrestled the in Chicago. Show, so. But, uh, yeah, Gallows' wife, uh, Amber O'Neill, another wrestler, was kind of running their table for him. Nice. Yeah. And, I had heard um, – I, yeah, I don't know if you got to meet him. I didn't see a picture. Maybe you went to his table. I heard Adam Cole had a line a mile long. Oh, man. All the AEW guys had, because in there was one smaller room where they had uh, Cole, Page, Pillman Jr., Guevara, and, and all the lines were, like, intersecting with each other. You couldn't <laughs> hardly move. Because, like, Aldis and the Outlaws and I think Santana Ortiz were on the back wall. Oh, but wow. then Cole was right in front of the main doorway, and then Page, I think, was on the other side. I think I saw that, and then Britt was down by him, and then... Mm-hmm. Rebel was in another room. Yeah. She was there. Somebody yeah. had said, though, that Adam sat there and had a conversation with anybody that would have one. Oh, yeah, and I I walked past him a couple times. I was coming in and out, and you couldn't wipe a smile off his face. He was having the time of his life. Somebody said he's people. like that on Twitch. I'm not a gamer, but they said he's he's the nicest guy. He'll get on Twitch, and he'll thank people, or they'll compliment him, and he's, he's just a very outgoing and friendly individual and i think that makes me like him even more he's probably my favorite in-ring competitor yeah on aw currently and i, I just love hearing that john me and john mayer he couldn't get over how friendly everybody was and i yeah. told him it just it seems different these days yeah. i think wrestlers when we were growing up they, they were, were trying, living the gimmick and they, they were, were trying, trying to keep, keep the character it. but now they want to make money they want right. to do that i think they appreciate the fact that they have fans i mean these folks that are doing it Mark, we, we don't think we're that old, but they are younger than us. Yeah. You know, you hear some of these guys, and they're like, oh, I'm 26, I'm 27. I'm like, you look at Adam Cole, and you're like, man, that guy's so cool. And I'm like, Early oh, 30s, shit. right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, shit, he's, you know, five, six years younger than I am. So. Right. Well, Kavari, he's, what, 25? Yeah, and I can't imagine that. These guys are out traveling the world. You know, it's just it's just kind of mind-blowing yeah. stuff. But, but yeah, there are a few people I didn't get a chance to talk to. I couldn't. Find a uh, like. I saw Jeff Jarrett one time at his table, and every other time I walked past, he was somewhere else doing baseball deals. Doing baseball deals, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but he and Karen were both there. Uh, Brooke Hogan was there. She was actually parked next to Luger. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, that's terrible. You said park next to Luger. Oh, that I didn't mean Come it that on, way. Come Mark. on, you're you're gonna get me canceled. <laughs> the man's on wheels. I'll tell you what though, he was a very nice man. He he was when I met him in Dallas. He, he I, th- I think I think what had happened humbled? to him, what happened to Elizabeth, everything, finding God and all that. Yeah, he's been humbled. He was he was when I met him in Dallas. We took I think it was three or four pictures, and each time he's like, "Is it good?" He, and he wanted to, he wanted to see yeah. it, and he was like, hey, "Let's take another one. I think we can do better." Yeah, you he know? did the same stuff thing. like that. He so. did the same thing on Saturday. Just uh, the guy gave me the phone back, so make sure you got what you need. And I looked at it, and he he looked at it, and like I said, that's perfect. And yeah. Very, uh, very cool guy. Overall, if you're a wrestling fan in the Midwest, especially if you're in central Illinois, then you would be a fool to not go to this thing. I know you couldn't. You had scheduling issues with baseball and things. But if you can make it out there next year, I think you'll you'll have a ball. For me, it wasn't even about meeting people. I told Rach, I said there were a couple. You know, Adam Cole was probably at the top of my list, maybe Sammy. For me, it was all the merch. I'd I'd left broke. You know, obviously, I think you said the same thing. It's hard. I'm just looking. It's just miles and miles of merch right. and different stuff that you can only find there. 
and I just know I'd be leaving with hand handfuls of crap I don't need. Yeah, so. I had to, I had to be careful. But uh, Dwayne Hulk Hogan was not there. He was not booked for the for the Squirt Circle Expo this year. You know, nor was Dennis Stamp. No, not well, Dwayne would have left with a, ser- <laughs> a pair of uh, Hulk Hogan's undies if that had happened. <laughs> Yeah, brother. Oh, <laughs> oh brother. Signed, stained, and delivered. <laughs> Sorry, Dude, Dwayne. Don't tell me what side of the undies was the stained part. <laughs> I've, I'm, I've embarrassed myself. All I'm thinking about now is no holds barred where he's in the... <laughs> Duty. Duty. <laughs> That's good stuff. But no, you're right. They had a ton of merch. They had... That- a ton of stands for action figures, T-shirts, posters, the whole nine yards. There, you hooked me up with a couple posters, and I'm, yeah. I'm pretty stoked that Bobby Eaton one. Yeah, got a beautiful Bobby and a Cactus Jack, two of right. my favorite characters yeah. and, ever. And I got a couple for our uh, for our studio. One with Virgil, one with Tracy Smothers. Little... We got to get the GCW flag up in here. I think Mark lost it. <laughs> it's somewhere. <laughs> uh, if there's a GCW flag here, it's here. Okay. But I did make a point to tell Cardona how much we talk about him in GCW. Nice. <laughs> and he was appreciative. He... Oh, yeah. And uh, I, got to, I got the swag out. They got some koozies out to some of the talent that was there. The Good Brothers were very appreciative because, you know, they like their beer. <laughs> uh, Sabu. Uh, actually, a fun thing. He wasn't booked for the show, but Ian Rotten was there. Yeah. that's what, You'd mentioned you saw yeah. him in line, right? Yeah, I yeah. chatted him up a little bit. Uh, sounds like he's going to come on the show sometime. Just got to get a date together. Uh, nice. He's booking King of the... King, King of the Death Matches is coming up. Chicago, Illinois? Yeah. They're coming back? Yeah, they're back in Chicago. That's where I saw IW. It was in Joliet. I think I he said it's been there. 10 years, maybe, since they've been in Chicago. Around there, yeah. yeah so If not more. Expecting big things, I think, that's end of July. Uh, either Ju- either into June or into July. It's around, yeah, it's summertime. Yeah, yeah. I went to. I've been to one King of the Death tournament, and that was in 2008 in Southern Indiana, in the parking lot of a bowling alley. Dude, over two days, <laughs> and it was awesome. Uh, finished Devin. You know Devin Moore, no former CCW guy. He won the tournament. Took Danny Havoc off of a scaffold with the Michinoku driver through a table. I thought they were both dead. But ah. I know Danny Havoc. He passed away yeah. just last year, two years ago, right? I think two years ago. Uh, I mean, we talked a lot about him when we had Alex Cologne on. Yeah, he's a, he's a big deal in the, the deathmatch yeah. uh, circle. Yeah, I'd seen him a few times. Uh, that's the same show, uh, that King of the Death, where Drake Younger got Spanish flied through a barbed wire board <laughs> by his own tag team partners because they were in a three-way match together, uh, Die Hard Dustin Lee and Scotty Vortex. Listen to those names. I know, right? <laughs> I'm I'm dropping all kinds of names that nobody knows who Sounds they are. Sounds like an '80s hair metal band, Scotty <laughs> Vortex. And... Right. Spelled V O R T E K Z, by the way. Oh yeah, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, wow. I can't say no good things about going to Ian's shows in IWA. He, you know, everybody always talks about his business, do like his acumen for running business. But he, if anybody has a better eye for talent, then I don't know who it is. He's had a who's who through there, that's for sure. I know, you know, a lot of guys, they thank him and stuff. And, I, I mean, he's got one of the longest-running independent promotions in the entire country. Yeah, so. they hit 25 years this year. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, how many other indies can say that? Not many. So, But shout-out to Ian. Uh, Nate Webb also was at the Squirt Circle Expo. I didn't see him, but somebody told me he was there. But he wasn't booked. He was just kind of make, making the rounds. Uh, he Well, he, he's an indie boy. He lives over there. And, yeah. So that's cool, you know. I won't lie. I was kind of hoping Pat McAfee would pop up, but 
<laughs> he didn't. He wasn't there. Uh, but no, I, like I said, I could go on for hours about how awesome the uh, Square Circle Expo was. I will say this: I did uh, mention to Danhausen how your uh, little spawn has been going around cursing everyone. The evil spawn. Yes. I said, my co-host has a four-year-old that won't stop cursing people. In <laughs> Danhausen, in typical Danhausen fashion, oh, that's good. Yes, it's very <laughs> he nice. Cur- <laughs> he en- he endorsed Murray's cursing. So I should have let you know. I think we'd already pay. It's early, but we've already got their Halloween costumes down next year. Kyler's going to do Danhausen. Nice. Murray is going to be Orange Cassidy. So I'm going to nice. bring in the cool kids. And and Baker was like. I'll be Hulk Hogan, Daddy. <laughs> it's my boy. So. Well, I'll tell you this, though. If you do bring the boys to the expo next year, they do a costume contest. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what somebody a, said. They have a kids' division and the adults. Well, and the, the winner was the guy who actually dressed as Danhausen. Which was un, which was uncanny. I saw it, pictures. Dude, if you see them standing apart, you would have thought it was really him. That's what's was, <laughs> uh, John told me that at one point, Danhausen and faux Danhausen were like face to face in the line. I was like, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall. That'd have been great. But uh, then there was two guys dressed as the Rockers. They oh. had the old purple T-shirt and the neon sweatpants and the wigs and everything. Leaf Cassidy, and Marty Jannetty Rockers. No, 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 no the, the Midnight Rockers. Oh, the, when Sean and Sean and Marty. Yeah. All right. And then the kids that were there were very, very cute. One kid was dressed as IRS, <laughs> and he learned one promo for the because. You got to do a promo, and then if you go to the next round, you have to do a promo. He just memorized the one promo. Which one? It was one on Tatanka when he was going to repossess the headdress. Oh. <laughs> but he was dressed just like him, and it was it was cute as a button, really was. And he wound up winning the, the kids' contest. He beat a little girl dressed as Orange Cassidy. Ah, nice. Which is brilliant, because, you know, you want Orange Cassidy to do a promo, all you got to do is just put your hands in your pockets or... Do the oh, thumb. Yeah. Murray will do that. He'll he'll I'll be in the front and be like, Daddy, turn around. He'll be like, Orange Cassidy. And pops the little <laughs> thumbs up. All right, kid. Thanks. Nice, nice. <laughs> so nice. if I can get in the thumb, I'm getting cursed. One of the two. But I, I do think I if that's if I do uh do the costume contest, I am bringing the Shockmaster to Indianapolis. <laughs> we gotta build you like a door frame that you can like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little board under yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Narge, I think it's a good time to take a little break for a couple minutes a break ski okay yeah. so we will uh, we'll take five here and we'll be back uh, with our smiling faces that you won't be able to see faces for radio that's right <laughs>
And we are back. Welcome back from the break, folks. We are working on getting our special guest to come on soon uh, from Game Changer Wrestling, Gringo Loco. Speaking of Game Changer Wrestling, they've got a show coming up here. I was just looking. Uh, uh, Not one show. They have many shows coming up. Uh, The next show for GCW, though, is called Game Changer Wrestling's In Too Deep on Saturday, April 30th. Um pretty solid lineup on that show mark i don't know if you had a chance to see it yet i'm gonna run it down here real quick looks like we're gonna get hoodfoot against akira which uh that's a tournament of survival qualifying match so the big tournament of survival is coming up uh the previous three-time winner alex cologne was one of our first guests on this show another qualifying match on that show is slade against sawyer wreck they also not a qualifying match, but what should be a solid match. I think it's one you'll want to check out. The Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, against Biff Busick. Oh, that'll be a fun match. That'll be a good one, yeah. Dirty Daddy just got signed uh, with New Japan Pro yeah. Wrestling. So, And Biff, Biff's been kind of working a little bit of everywhere. Yeah, he's kind of just been making the rounds since his release. Yeah, he's done some GCW and then that Circle Six promotion yeah. that uh, the uh, 44-0 gentlemen all right. jump ship for. Did, didn't he do Bloodsport with Moxley? He did. That was and brutal. He, he, he was bleeding buckets in that match. Uh, ACH against Alex Zane, the, the sauce. That would be a fun be, one. That could be fun, yeah. Here's, here's one I'm looking forward to. the For the Ultraviolet Championship, John Wayne Murdoch against Ratty Daddy, Cole, Cole Radrick, who is now that. apparently a deathmatch wrestler. <laughs> who would have thought? Uh, his first deathmatch was, what, about a month ago? Yeah, and he almost got them kicked out of the my God, about, yeah, bro, broke the chandelier and every. Yeah. I mean, he was he that was sh- a mess. That but. chandelier is probably worth more than Brett's payroll for like four shows. And then uh, the one match I'm looking forward to, Kyler and my, myself, one of his favorites, Speedball Mike Bailey against one of my favorites, the Bad Boy, Joey Janela. <laughs> so, pretty solid show coming up. GCW also announced Mark. They did the or no one GCW, yeah GCW. They did uh, the Independent Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. right? Well, yeah. now, uh, June 4th weekend, they are going to do the GCW Deathmatch Hall of Fame. I saw that, and I was going to ask you about that. Uh, I think it's a great idea. I think yeah, it's I, awesome. I'm yeah. surprised it hasn't happened yet. No, yeah, especially with them. I would have to assume, if we're talking names, um, Sick Nick, maybe uh, Justice Payne, which is Nick Gage's brother. Right, right, right. A um, couple of those guys who've passed, Danny Havoc, maybe. You know, right, anybody right. JC Bailey's be one to think about. What? Uh, Louisville guy passed away a few years ago. Yeah, what about I'm gonna throw this out. What, what about Terry Funk or Mick Foley? I think I think that's kind of a no brainer. If you need a headliner, go it's with Foley. Be one of the, yeah, Foley, Foley Funk, can make yeah. it, he can show up, he can do the you know, do this. And he's a G, he's been, he's done a GCW show, so yeah, that's true. He's got that in, so that makes sense. Uh, there's any number of people that you could get for the, for the Deathmatch Hall of Fame. But, uh, I mean, we talked about him a little bit just now. Ian Rotten, you know, they call him the king of hardcore in a lot of circles. And uh, he's had some of the craziest matches I've ever seen in just the Deathmatch environment. Yeah, and he's been very appreciative to uh, Brett Lauderdale mm-hmm. as well. I know Brett has helped them out a few times with some things, whether it was talent or stuff like that. So maybe in return... You know, Brett says, "Hey, let's put you in the uh, in the Hall of Fame." So, yeah, it'd be cool to see, right? I think uh, also Sabu, you know, would be one. You can go into that ECW well a little bit and get some get some of these guys. Oh Peter, yeah, 
Tommy Dreamer be one to think about. Onita. Oh you know, yeah. If you want to go Japan. Man, uh, you you've got you've got a big pool to choose from. That is yeah. that is for sure. I mean, so. heck, uh Lufisto went into the independent hall of fame. She could just as easily go into that deathmatch hall of fame. Who is uh who's old boy from CZW? Uh, da- Zandig. Uh, Zandig. That's it. Yeah. He's another kind right. of crazy guy. Yeah. Nick Spe- Gage. Nick could. Speaking of death matches, I uh tried to stay up for the six and a half hour marathon of a show that was XPW a couple weeks back. Yes, that XPW from the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. It is uh, back, apparently, with more of a uh, more of a violent side of things. So uh, the winner was one of my favorites, Schlack. Got down to the end, Schlack and Masada. So, but the show was six and a half hours long. People complained about WrestleMania. Can you imagine watching six and a half hours of a deathmatch tournament? So... It's a lot. It's a lot of time. Oh, I'm getting. Can't hang on. What do we got here? We're working out some uh, some things here. So there we go. Kind of kind of bear with us. I apologize for the clicking. You guys might be hearing. We're having yeah. one of our mics act really weird, but we don't know which one yet. Yeah, we can do that. Why don't we? Why don't we end with that? And okay, we'll get um, into you know bring our usual ending up sooner. So that's fine with me. I, I wanted to check with you just because I know you kind of got a tighter schedule than we do today. A little bit. but I'll So, folks that are listening, uh, we had a scheduling conflict, so our uh, Gringo Loco will be on around quarter till eight. It'll be a little yeah, later tonight a, than usual. A little later than usual, but that's all right, though. But you you'll know. get a full interview, trust us. Hey, he's still... Uh, <laughs> we had the same, a similar problem with Alex Cologne when he came on. He just... I think he just forgot the time zones and things like that. But uh, but yeah, we're we're still gonna have Gringo on. We're looking forward to it. It's gonna be a fun time. It's gonna be just be a little bit longer show than usual. But uh, hey, that's that's pro wrestling for you. It's uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what that wrestling show at the expo was scheduled to be from eight until ten thirty. That's what they had it on the schedule for. That show they had ten matches on. There's no fucking way they're having ten matches in two and a half hours. So that wound up going until about eleven thirty. I wondered. I kept seeing you were you. If it wasn't you posting, it was somebody else. Probably Michelle Kozlowski. For that's what show. it was. That's what it was. Yeah. I was like, damn, this show is taking forever. Yeah. So also shout out to Michelle. Uh, I hooked her up before we went. I sent her a message, asked her uh, what size t shirt, and she actually wore the Jump in the Real t shirt the entire second day at the expo for us and kind of uh, Michelle Kozlowski. Oh, and uh, Road Dog popped, I guess, when she yeah. met them. He thought it was awesome. He thought the name was great. That I, of course, I couldn't get over there to see because you know. He well, was... that's the second one. I I didn't even think about it. Well, you meant you mentioned Sabu, and mm-hmm. remember Sabu had told us online that he thought it was a great name yeah. for the pod. And, so and I told him that a little bit, and he remembered. When, that's good. And he said, uh, and he's one. He said, uh, hit him up, and maybe we can get him to come on sometime. But uh, well, Michelle. So just funny story. She she doesn't know Jonathan Mayer obviously, but she was wearing the shirt and he was helping and she had posted a comment later in the show that, uh, John, or I guess she was like, Oh, we're wearing my buddy's shirt. And one of the volunteers here recognized it. So I thought that was cool. Small world. John recognized it from being on the show and being friends and you know, so then some brand recognition there, which is cool. Yeah. And, uh, speaking of shirts, what? Speaking of shirts, I, you guys are doing all this technical bullshit. I don't oh, know what's yeah, going. We gotta, Everybody's fucking around with 
cords and buttons. Over, over we the, have a pro wrestling tease store. I'm taking over the show. Take over. There you go. <laughs> we have a pro wrestling tease store now, folks. I don't know the link. It's pro wrestling tease.com slash. I think it's JT. I think it's JTR. JTR. Just search jumping the rail in the search engine and it'll go right to it. For $19.99, you can get the best black and white t shirt ever made. This is way better than that NWO thing. Way Austin better than the Austin 316 what? thing. <laughs> It's jumping the rail. 1999 comes straight from the good people in pro wrestling tees, Chicago, Illinois. Right. There's going to be some other shirts up soon I've, once I've got, Mark figures out I've, the well, image the good thing quality. Is I, I submitted a couple designs yesterday, and I haven't gotten a rejection yet <laughs> in the email. So I've got hope that they actually got through. I'm still figuring out the kinks on some of these, like getting the right kind of images in to. You got so many used. rejection emails. I thought it was me asking for dates in high school. So I was, <laughs> I was very confused. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, you were. No, that doesn't even work. Uh-uh. I think that's where all the fucking noise is coming from. I'm waiting to find out. Okay. Oh, but I think. But yeah, so that's something to uh, to check out. ProWrestlingTees.com, along with all the other awesome stuff they've got on there. And we're very honored to be a small cog in that wheel uh, based out of Chicago. So who knows? Maybe we can uh, work them into getting some sort of a sponsorship. Buy local, support local. That's right. Chicago's local, yeah. according to everybody else that knows we're in Illinois, yeah. even though we aren't anywhere fucking near there. Yeah. I'm from Champaign. Oh, you're in Chicago? No, we're not in Chicago. No, we're <laughs> in Champaign, you know, the better part of the state. My uh, my wife's mother moved down here in 1999 from Massachusetts, and I guess she had a friend that was coming to Chicago, and she called my mother-in-law and said, Why, you ought to come meet me for lunch. She was like, where are you? I'm in Chicago. Oh, that'll be just a That's just a, minor a three-hour trip. drive, you know. <laughs> So it's a it's a bit of a culture shock, but uh, but yeah, we uh, we love pro wrestling tees. We both do the crate every yep. month, and uh, we should have another unboxing coming up pretty quick. Yeah, what is end today? of next they, week? They it ship out by 17th. the 20th, mm-hmm. so they'll ship tomorrow. And yeah, right. Well, week. tomorrow's 4:20. They may not ship out <laughs> tomorrow. Yep. Shout out to Rob Van Dam. <laughs> That's another guy. He's going to be in Hopstown. and Cheech and Chong. Yeah, he'll be in Houston with the uh, the, the Godfather. Godfather. There'll be a lot of smoke and <laughs> the bricks and ivy. <laughs> the ivy might be a little bit greener that yeah. day. Yeah. That same day, uh, WWE will be here in town at the hall or yeah, the, State Farm the Center. center It'll whatever. always be the Assembly Hall to me. Yeah, absolutely. It is the Assembly Hall, spelled S T A T E. Suck at Indiana center. University. What do you think about them naming these Saturday shows Saturday night's main event? I've seen some confusion it's, in the chats with people. It's good branding. I mean, I'm sure there are people that are assuming that it's going to be some sort of a taping. That's what I saw in one of the, the local ones. The folks were like, well, I'm not going to buy tickets because it's a taping because they assume Saturday night's main event is taping. And they said, oh, the tapings aren't as fun as the house shows. Which is generally true. Which is generally true. The house shows a little more relaxed, a little more goofy. Um, but, you know, I, she was obviously misinformed. I, I don't know if that's just, you know, maybe they should brand it better. They've got, well, what's the Sunday thing called? Sunday Slammer or something? I don't know. Something like that, Something yeah. Something stupid, but it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I won't be able to make that show the fourth. I think you're heading there, right? I'll, I'll be there, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, you know, we got a baseball tournament that day, but if we get back, we'll maybe we'll grab some of the cheapies up in the, the nosebleeds, and yeah. uh, we'll check it out. So, Not a bad seat in the place yeah. at the old State Farm Center. No, just you don't want to go way up at the top, because then you're just looking straight down. And yeah. We got vertigo. It's just a bad idea. <laughs> but no, we got pretty good seats. Uh my wife, or my wife, my mother, is calling Dr. Freud, uh, <laughs> she was actually at the State Farm last week for Chicago 
with uh, with my aunt. They went to the concert there and had a blast. And I'm a little jealous because <laughs> I do love me some Chicago. But I digress. Uh, Narge, since we got about, I don't know, 25 minutes or so yeah, until uh, Gringo Loco, let's get into, I know we say this usually for the end, let's get into the Top 10 Tuesday. Yeah, let's do it let's, now. Let's it usually takes us a little top. Well, what are we doing this week? Well, since uh, I'm kind of on an ECW high from this weekend, meeting Sabu and the Meanie and Rhino. Also, by the way, Rhino, did you know he owns a marina in Detroit? I had no idea. We A marina like, in Detroit. Like boats. Interesting. Like on the lake. Well, I understand what that is. <laughs> it's not Marina Del Rey, no. that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, we Marina were, Detroit A. He had a table with Heath Slater uh, next door to Hornswoggle, who's awesome, great guy. Uh, but... We, I was talking to him, and then just out of the blue, he just starts talking about his <laughs> owning, like running his marina. And because I, I think I asked him if he'd ever be interested in doing the podcast, yeah. And he said, "I don't know. I'm so busy between wrestling and running my running my marina." I, like, I got boats, brother. And then he went off. <laughs> and if my wife is still on the thread, she can vouch. He went off for about ten minutes talking about boats. I mean, them boat and people are proud of their he's boats. He's really landlocked. To he's, the, he's talking about all the boats he has. He's got a '56 something or other with and. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm, I like cars. I'm not a big boat guy, but I can appreciate it, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, he went on for like 10, 15 minutes talking about boats. Well, that's interesting. It, it is. But but all the respect in the world to Rhino, uh, I'm a big fan going way back. And he was and also insanely nice guy. He wrestled on the show, too. He right? wrestled Him and Heath wrestled Fuego del Sol and Shark Boy in a tag match. Shark Boy, yeah. Where was Lava Girl? Yeah. Somebody actually yelled that at Shark Boy. He got in some trouble with that. There was something back and forth between lawsuit, him and yeah. either Disney or whoever it was. But Might have been Shark, was, whoever it was. Shark Boy worked with the indie company that I wrestled for. We brought Shark Boy down three or four times. Uh, he was always great. He was a good guy. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got he's got a little he's kind of put a little weight on. Though. He's got a little bit of the dad bod going, yeah, no, but, but I was, think he's retired. Anyway, it was it was so. a fun match. Uh, they took it out into the crowd. <laughs> My wife is a bit of a shutter bug with her phone. She likes to take pictures. No. <laughs> yeah. And she kind of stepped out into the aisle to take pictures. She wasn't paying attention. And as Rhino was barreling towards her, I had to grab her by the <laughs> shoulders and ease her back into like to her seat. Because Rhino's still a big boy. He's not the 300-pound man beast he once was, but he's still a good 260. He is he is built like he's I mean a tank. He, he is a tank. He I the one I told Rachel, he's built like a like a Lego man. He's like a big <laughs> rectangle yeah pretty much yeah he's got a head and hands and arms right. and then just a rectangular body yeah. yeah but some of the other guys just real quick uh i'm gonna say this the varsity blondes wrestle on that show and yeah. this is my first time seeing pillman jr wrestle he will be a superstar in the next three years he will have some major championship in aew he's picking it up not, he's, you know he's picking it up like crazy and it looked natural he, he had forgotten his gear like his tights weren't that he had, was wearing <laughs> his regular red tights and griff had the varsity blondes gear on but but no they had a good match i again i don't know who they were wrestling but uh, you remember on one of the previous episodes i said he's the under underused yeah. talent on AEW. Yeah. i think they got to get get him away from griff and i think Julia Hart. I mean, at some point, I thought she was joining House of Blau. I don't know what the hell she's doing. There, I mean, they're dragging kind of that the out. But. Briscoes versus FTR thing. Tony's waiting too long to pull yeah. the trigger on it. But uh, as we were leaving after the show on Saturday, like as the expo was winding down, I saw uh, Brian Jr. at the bar just sitting there. And I thought about going over to say something, but then I thought that might be cheating the people that spent money to get a meet and greet with him. 
so I so I didn't do it. But oh, uh, look at you with the conscience. I'm such a nice guy. I, I bet 15 other people did not think that way and probably bothered probably. him. But, uh, Although I, I, when we went to at a very nice restaurant in the hotel where we got dinner both nights, and the first night Brody King and Santana were both in there, and then night two Heath Slater was sitting at the bar watching TV. So that's cool. Yeah, and it's those cool. things. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people. I'm glad you took that <coughs> into consideration. Um, you know, I've been to the few of these conventions and everything. And you see people in the hallway, and it you, it would be so easy to just be like, "Hey, what's you know?" But you're right; they're there, they're giving their time, they want to be paid for it, compensated. You know, it'd be different if they're walking and we're like, "Hey, what's up, buddy?" You know, right. something like that. So, I, I think it's cool that you you thought that and respected that. So, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. So I don't know. Maybe who knows if we get this uh, pro wrestling tea shop going, maybe we can uh, arrange to have a table with the expo next year, sell some merch, and yeah, it'd uh, be awesome. Get some, uh, get some, get some human money to paraphrase Dan Hazel. <laughs> All right, so we've what a big surprise! Nineteen episodes once again. We have jumped the rail and <laughs> flown off the tracks like we usually do. So I got on a tangent about Rhino because we're doing our top ten and we're gonna get into ECW Narge. I love it, and I'm talking Extreme Championship Wrestling, not WWE CW. <laughs> and our topic this week: top ten ECW World Heavyweight Champions. And to be fair, there weren't many more than ten ECW World no, Champions. Yeah. <laughs> it was only an eight-year run, but but I I think I got a pretty good list of the of the very best of the best out of this. And who knows if we get through this, I might have a bonus list before we get uh, Gringo on. <laughs> but let's get into this top ten ECW World Heavyweight Champions. Number ten, I got Tommy Dreamer, just mainly because he held the title for eighteen minutes. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, almost at the end there, right? Or uh... it was, it was in two thousand. It was when Taz dropped it to him after he beat Awesome in that one show. And Incredible took it from Justin him. Justin right? beat him yeah. after like eighteen minutes after Tommy won the title. I'm trying to pull up here so I can look at a full list, but uh, you you keep going. Uh, oh, of the world champions. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number nine, the aforementioned Man Beast Rhino, the last ever ECW World Champion. Who, to my knowledge, still is the champion. Uh, Cardona didn't beat him for that one. Uh, but yeah, he was when he won the title, he was red hot in ECW. Nobody was taking him off his feet even. And he was just running through the entire locker room. It was, he was really awesome to watch. Uh, number eight, the king of old school, Steve Carino, also held the title in 2000, beat Jerry Lynn at the... Wasn't the November to remember, I... No, it was November to remember. It was in a four-way match. Jerry Lynn, Stan Man, and Just Incredible were the other three in that match. And then Carino held it up until the last pay-per-view, uh, Guilty as Charged. Number seven, uh, one of my very favorites, and I think one of yours too, Nards, the living legend Terry Funk. Probably the most emotional world title win in ECW history from Barely Legal. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. we didn't get into Barely Legal. Last week was the 25th anniversary of Barely Legal, so I had to go back and watch the show again. Yeah, Terry. Um... <coughs> what the hell? Ter- my... Terry beat Raven. Yeah, after I'm technical difficulties. Terry had survived a three-way dance with the Sandman and Big Stevie Cool on that show and uh, then just got beaten to a bloody pulp by Raven until uh, Dreamer came down and gave him the assist. Uh, between that and when he lost the title to Sabu in that barbed wire match, there's. Have you ever seen Russell Palooza '97? Uh, which match? What's on there? That's the one that was Dreamer's last match with Raven. Uh, is that where Lawler shows up? That's one where Lawler yep. shows up. Yep, I've seen it. There's a world title match between Funk and Chris Candido on that show. Oh, it's a classic. I mean, I've 
sing the praises of Candido all the time for how good he was, and he showed it in that match. If I can find that on YouTube, I'm going to post it on the on the page because that's something that everybody needs to see. Uh, so moving on, number six, uh, the Punk just incredible. I mean, after Shane Douglas, I don't think there was a hotter singles heel in the company than just incredible. I mean, nobody liked, everybody hated him. No, yeah, there was, there was and nobody that liked him. <laughs> no. <laughs> he interrupted the Tin Bell salute for Tommy Dreamer's dead grandfather, for God's sakes, <laughs> to the point where even the Dudley boys kind of broke character, <laughs> which was really saying something. Oh, yeah. And that was in 98 when Dudley's were the biggest heels in the business. But, you now Justin had a really good reign. It was only for about four or five months, I'd say. Uh, beat Tommy Dreamer, Cyber Slam 99, or... SummerSlam 2000, dropped it to Jerry Lynn and Anarchy Rules in a really good match. And, uh, and yeah, so Justin's uh, definitely on my list in my top six for, for the world title. Number five, one of my very favorites. Uh, I've got him on a t-shirt. Uh, Mike Awesome is my number five. Despite what he did with the title at the <laughs> tail end of his run when he bailed and went to WCW, he was so fun to watch in ECW, especially with Masato Tanaka. Those, I mean, those matches were just so hard hitting between those two. I loved it. They got to revisit it at the uh, one night stand. One night stand match of the night, which was just yeah, and they they stole the show. Yeah, so. oh yeah, because there's probably a lot of WWE fans that didn't know anything about Masato Tanaka before that show. No, and they they thought Mike Awesome was probably the fat chick thriller. So you know, or that <laughs> the seventies <70s> guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mike Awesome. WCW really wronged him, man. Yeah, they just didn't know what to do they, with him. When they brought him in and he, he took out Nash when he showed up, yeah, they could have just kept him like that and he would have been great. He would have been the top heel in the company. He could have been world champion for my money. And I think some of it was he left uh, he left a company where he was one of the bigger guys and he went to a company where he, he was kind average. of was average. He didn't look as big. Yeah. Did you know he's related to Hulk Hogan? No. Yeah, I guess he's like a nephew. Really? Yeah. I know it. It's like Horace? Like Horace, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I got awesome number five. Number four, we got you got to have Raven. Oh yeah, two time champ. You know, also red hot heel when he was the champion. The feud with Tommy Dreamer is probably in my top five just wrestling feuds in general of all time. I'm sure I'll have a list for that sometime. If not, if not the greatest feud in ECW of all time. I mean, that was yeah. just you know easily great talker, great, uh, great in the ring, master of psychology. For Raven to go. From what he did with WCW and WWF early on, Scotty Polo, Scotty the Scotty Body, Flamingo, Flamingo yeah. all that, Johnny Polo, Johnny Polo, to the to, the, to this Raven character. I mean, just a total, you know, just a total change, and he yeah. just ran with it. And it just worked uh, so well. From what I understand, Tommy or Tommy Dream, uh, DDP is the one that suggested the character change yeah. for Raven. DDP out, just changing lives. Yeah. He and, also uh, did Scott Hall's gimmick change when he made him the Diamond Stud. I, I, I did hear his that. mustache yeah. and dye his hair. Uh, if you haven't listened to DDP and Jake the Snake's podcast, I really do recommend it. They get into a lot of this stuff. But uh, I'm going to avoid a tangent. <laughs> All right, number three, AEW Darling, the human suplex machine, Taz, is my number three. Hook's dad. Hook's dad. That's, <laughs> that's what young fans know him as now. If they only knew what a friggin' beast Taz was back in the day. Also a two-time champ. A two-time, yeah. Uh, the one time was when he beat WCW's Mike Awesome when he was <laughs> under contract at WWF. 
and then he went and wrestled Triple H with it, right? And yeah, and Triple Tommy H tried to interfere. Out of him. Yeah. It actually, it was a pretty even match. Tommy interfered and kind of screwed it up, and that led to Taz dropping the belt to Tommy Dreamer. But ah, but yeah. no, the match itself was actually pretty good. Everybody complained because it's Triple H one, but hey, he's the WWF champion. Yeah, that was kind of the the end of Taz's push. I felt like was with that. After yeah, that, he kind of got really into the hardcore, the hardcore division, you know, doing tag team stuff. But wearing pants and he a might have also, <laughs> but he was also dealing with. I think he had some chronic issues from that neck surgery that he had, so he might have been wanting to wind down a little bit too. But I don't know that. You know, I'm I'm not an expert. Well, I am, but not that close. <laughs> All right, number two. Got the beer chugging, cigarette smoking Sandman, four time champion. Four time champion. Uh, he was supposed to be the last ever ECW champion until Rhino came in and threatened his family and <laughs> put him through a table. But no, he was probably the most relatable ECW character, I would say, to the fans. Oh yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, he it had the Zubas. He had the beer. <laughs> He's not a technical master by any stretch. No, he, I mean, he had the cane for a while. He, it depended on what woman he came out with him. He had woman. He, he had, had woman. Missy Hyatt. Yeah, he had, he had, you know. uh, he had peaches. His so. original, it was his wife, Corey Fullington. Yeah. Uh, the one who famously got put through a table by Rhino. <laughs> but no, Sandman was kind of the top guy for a few years there until, you know, it kind of cycled back around. But One of the loudest pops in the ECW arenas when he came back from WCW, the lights went out. And that was, was that was the first ECW TV I ever saw because we didn't get the, like the ECW a hardcore TV like from the cable channels, right? But when we got TNN, that was the first episode I watched. It was a couple months after they debuted because I was home, and that's what happened. They were I just turned it on right as the music hit, <laughs> and then here comes Sandman, and the crowd's just electric. That may have been the awesome. best shape he was ever in, too. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. He always came yeah. out in a t-shirt and stuff. That night, he was shirtless, shirtless and he was, yeah. like, ripped, and he wouldn't yeah. even compare to what he used to look like. Oh, man, so. he had dad bod, <laughs> beer belly, you know. Yeah. But, but no, Sandman was always just so over with the crowd. I got to see him wrestle once, uh, IWA Mid-South. He wrestled Drake Younger in uh, Plainfield, Indiana once in 2007. Just carrying around a twenty-four pack with him. He didn't have it in his pockets. He was just carrying a case of beer with him. He's on my list of people. I, we talked the other day about folks I haven't met that are on my list. Jerry Lawler's number one. I think we're going to mark that off the list this summer, hopefully. But Sandman is probably number two if I had to put somebody up there. Yeah, it would be cool to see him at the uh, at the expo. But Floyd Fisher says that he slammed a beer with Sandman at an ECW show in Peoria. Awesome. That's yeah, they went a lot in Peoria. I remember. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't never afford to go. <laughs> It was like they did there, they did Decatur. So they did quite a bit in central Illinois. Yeah, see, I was, I was too young and had no ride and no money. I know, right? Yeah. We were in high school. Yeah. All right. Hey, now you get to pass that tradition on to your son. So yeah, right. <laughs> too right. young, got no ride. Yep. All right. You ready for number one, Narge? Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going here. I know where you're going. From Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the franchise Shane Douglas is my number one. Four-time world champion, I believe, if my math is right. I got two after they became extreme championship wrestling Two why they were Eastern championship okay. wrestling. So, cause if you're counting that funks also twice, cause he held the Eastern. Yeah. Sabu, I think it's twice for the same reason. Johnny Hotbody. Johnny Hotbody. I forgot about that guy. Was Johnny Hotbody. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was one of the suicide blondes, if I remember right, with Candido. But, uh, no franchise great heel awesome talker he was he had just a knack for getting for talking the fans into the seats for 
like whenever you have a big title defense. Uh, my like I said earlier, my favorite show or my favorite match was him winning the title from Bam Bam Bigelow, November to remember '97. Uh, had a great match where he dropped the title of the Taz in '99. Uh, guilty as charged. That's when they really made Taz. Oh yeah. After that really long build up, because Shane had been hurt for a little bit, so that's why they had to put it off and put it off and put it off. But uh, but yeah, I, for my money, there was nobody really exuded that championship vibe like Shane Douglas did in ECW. No, not a bad list at all. I you know who I really enjoyed. He had the belt. It looks like he only had it for a month. I didn't realize this it was Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, one he, month. That was it. Yeah, because he, he beat Shane on TV. Yeah. And then he dropped it back to him on the pay-per-view. It was during that little hiccup where he wasn't a part of the triple threat. Yeah. He was, Bam Bam's one of those guys that was always right on the cusp of being the guy. Yeah. He was obviously the guy at Mania 11, you know? Yeah. I mean, Vince depended on him. But he's that guy that I just felt like you could have built a lot more around. A part of me wonders if that was Shane wanting to do that for Bam Bam. Say, I want you to have a world title run. Yeah. Even for a little bit. And I'm sure Paul would have been all for it because Paul and Bayman go way back too. Yep. So that's my list for top 10 uh, world heavyweight champions. We still have about 10 minutes before we're supposed to have Gringo in. So, so now we're going to do the WWE ECW. Right? No, 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 no. We're going to stick, stick with ECW, but we're going with a, uh, a list we've actually argued about, Narge. Uh-oh. Top 10 ECW entrance themes. And I'm just sticking with the ones that are like real songs, not like the Sabu's oh, the- music. With the saxophone. So not something yeah. they had penned for themselves, but something you would have heard on the radio. Right on. Harry, Harry Slash and the Slash Tones. Right. 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 Hell it is. <laughs> All right. So number ten, speaking of Bam Bam, I got Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. When Bam Bam used it. It was awesome. Just really fit his style. I like it. Number ten, uh War number Machine. Nine. Number nine. What? Number, number nine. nine. Number nine. Thank you. I can't count. <laughs> uh War Machine by Kiss, which was Taz's original music. That's kind of what they based his later music on. That riff. Oh, the, yeah. Okay. Right. Like, you want to do so long before I have to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> I think as long as you're as off-key as you were, they won't know. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> but, no, part of my criteria for this, and I forgot to mention this, is, number one, it's got to be cool, you know, obviously. It's got to fit the wrestler, and it's got to really set the tone when they come out. I already know number one. And Taz, Taz <laughs> using that music, when the lights would go out and the orange lights would come up and the smoke and everything. Oh, yeah. It would just look so cool. Plus, you know, I like that song, the Kiss version. Shout out, uh, Dwayne. I'll bet you know that song. <laughs> if yeah. Dwayne doesn't know that song, then Dwayne needs help. Yes. Dwayne just He's popped a super from, fan. Dwayne just popped from six to midnight. He heard right? wrestling and Kiss <laughs> in the same Man, podcast. If, we, if this design I just put on Wrestling Tees goes through, Dwayne will buy five of them. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne, just letting you know now, these, these this new design that uh, we've got worked up, uh, it's going to be what you're going to buy for everybody on your Christmas list this That's year. Right. That's right. So prepare. Save money. 20 yeah. bucks a shirt. You're going <laughs> to need right. 10 of them. All right. Number eight, Big Balls. Balls Mahoney. <laughs> I mean, just makes sense. I played that for <laughs> Kyler the other day. He loves ACDC. He loves him some ACDC. That's his band. Is, is there a more on-the-nose song choice for a wrestler than to have Balls Mahoney use Big Balls? No, absolutely not. Got the crowd to sing along before Judas you know, fans yeah. would sing along with Judas <laughs> that they'd sing big balls and just is awesome. Uh, number seven, uh, kind of a random one. Come out and play by the offspring. Uh, Raven used that one. Oh yeah. Keep them separate. Uh, say I would have liked to come out and play by a twisted sister. Yeah. But 
but this, but that fit Raven. Raven's more of a grunge guy. Got so it, got it, got sense. it. I would thought you'd use even flow. <laughs> would have made sense, yeah. Because he called his move the even flow DDT. But all right, number six. Um, ECW loved using ACDC songs, so I gotta I gotta put back in black for Chris, Chris Candido. Candido. Yep, he'd strut to the ring like a <laughs> the cock of the walk with that song was going. It was just awesome, and he used that. Did song. he wear black tights? Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Good. Just make sure he was in theme. Oh yeah. But he would. He used that song for his entire career afterwards. Like whenever he'd go to the Indies, he would use that song, and that was kind of became synonymous with him. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Number five. Uh, with all due respect to the Second Gear crew, we're going with "Walk" by Pantera for RVD. Which, nice. even though they only used the chorus, <laughs> they never <laughs> used the whole song, but. But no, that's one of those really set the tone for when Van Damme would come out and he'd walk around, slap five with everybody, get all of his grandstanding, hot dogging in, to paraphrase, <laughs> the macho man. And uh, from what we understand, Bill Alfonso still uses that song to this day when he makes uh, appearances. Yep. Yeah, I, I think he kind of gifted it to Matthew Justice, who mm-hmm. then gifted it, it to the rest Warner. of the second yeah. year crew. Yeah. But they used the whole song, I think. Do they? Yeah. I think so. I I I miss Mance coming out to uh, the Simple Man. (laughs) Yeah. Old Mancer. Larry, it's some light beers for Mance Warner. I watched the video yesterday. I didn't realize it. There was some show. uh, They're breaking all these chairs. Him and Justice are just beating the shit out of people with chairs. And Lauderdale's pissed. He actually grabs the mic from Kevin Gill, and he says, Hey, Mancer, quit breaking all the fucking chairs, and, like, slams the microphone down and walks off. It's not part of the show. He's, like, pissed. Because they're going to have to pay back this place, the chairs. Was Man- this the plastic chairs? Yeah. Mancer says, I didn't break them. I've been checking. <laughs> right as he smashes another guy with one. <laughs> I know Ian Rotten was always really anal about that with IWA shows. Yeah. He'd always That was always rule number one. Don't, break the, don't use the plastic chairs. I always get worried when they're in uh, Atlantic City. They got the fancy gold ones with like oh, yeah. the red. They're always like diving into them. And yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of chairs they had at the show this weekend. Kind no, of just like little fancy ballroom yeah. looking deals. Uh, all right. Uh, number four, your man, Tommy Dreamer, man in the box. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I awesome like tone setter for Tommy. And he used the uh, wish.com version in, EC- in WWE. <laughs> I think he uses a different bargain basement version of it in TNA in Impact. Yeah. Just kind of change around the sounds a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it always, I always thought that suited him. Uh, Number three, back to Shane Douglas, Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple. Just okay. something, this song is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Just with the organ intro, then the riff kicks in. It's just, it's right. awesome. It's just so cool. I'm going to be curious to hear your, t- your top two. Obviously, I think I know one. I, I think hope you know I know number, number one. Two. I think you know what my number one is. Number two. Come on. Uh, it's got to be Natural Born Killers. Yeah, okay. New Jack. I was getting concerned that that wasn't going to oh, be no. on this list. <laughs> listening to that song when New Jack comes out, it makes me want to fight people. Yes. <laughs> hit, the, hit them with garbage cans filled with weapons. New Jack was the only guy that would, his song would play during the match. Like, while the match was going, that song would just keep playing. Right on. And, yeah, it'd get the crowd hopping. And, like I said, you just, you want to get in there, start throwing hands when you hear that song. No, no love for the FBI or Scott Hall or well, FBI came out to what staying alive, right? Didn't they? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Scott, uh, Scott Hall, Hall used uh, Fuji's. Yeah, I mean those were cool, but I mean Scott only was there for a couple times. Yeah, I know. I almost put uh, 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 Intergalactic. Oh, for Nova, Nova, yeah. For, also, that was a cool song. Yeah, uh, 
Well, no, never mind. I was, I was thinking Mike Bailey, but he comes out the Brass Monkey. Yeah. 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 All right. So, Gee, I can't imagine what number time one Time for is. number one. <laughs> uh, actually, it might be a different uh, one than you think. It, it is Inner Sandman for the Sandman, but I've got the Motorhead version. Yeah? No. I, the Motorhead version <laughs> is so much better than the, the Metallica version. I, I'd love Lemmy and Motorhead, but Say no. what? No. <laughs> have you have you heard the Motorhead version of Inner Sandman? I don't need to. I mean, I, I Lemmy, and Lemmy can't sing. <laughs> you don't have to when you're Lemmy. <laughs> well, I don't know about all that. Have you, have you heard Motorhead's version of Heroes by David Bowie? Nope. It's pretty good. Cool. Who walked out to that? Nobody. It's oh, just, okay. just checking. <laughs> just checking. Not a bad list. No, I can't no. disagree. I'm trying to rack, go through my head here. Who, uh, who else I would put on there? No, these are only people those. from which promotion? ECW. Only ECW. Like the original ECW. ECW. Zero clue here. But uh, no, so those were those were good. I may have to do a list of best current entrance themes. Which... Have we done best entrance te- themes in the history of the WWE yet? I don't think we have. And make that a top twenty-five. <laughs> but that one we can actually use the Jim Johnston songs too, though. Yeah. Just because he's who should a... be in the Hall of Fame? He really should. They should give it to. Him. I would love to have him on. That then you could get your music questions in. We got to reach him. A blast! I got to find him. That one guy we went to the Black Label Pro Show had a Jim Johnston T-shirt on. Yeah. And Very he's one random. I was, I was trying to find a way to corner him and just get him on video with us. And <laughs> but I digress. So. All right, so that concludes the ECW edition of Top Ten Tuesday. Uh, like I said, I've as much as I love old WWF and WCW, ECW was always my favorite. I'm going to ask the the listeners: Is there a top ten you'd like to hear? We'll, yeah, we'd, we'd go through them. Mark's got a notebook full of top yeah, ten. Yeah, my my one you thought of that we haven't. The notes app on my phone is chock a block full of top ten categories and things. So. Top 10 most risque outfits worn by the ladies of the pro wrestling well, circuits. Price Sable and Sable the, the bubble wrap. St- oh, well, that well, was good. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hand the guys, yeah. guys, guys, guys. <laughs> Just think about it. It was, Put it no, together. the cat had the bubble wrap. That's it. Yep. A cat in bubble wrap? Yeah. Look out. It's a Jerry Hogger's wife. Or, or May, Young, <laughs> May Young's Royal Rumble bikini. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> <clears throat> the best part about that was just the horror on Jerry Lawler's face when, when that she, robe came off. When she exposed her. I, I I still don't know if it was real or if it was a prosthetic. I don't, you I know, don't care. I don't care. I just remember watching it as a teenager going, what am I looking at here? All right, Narge, it is that time to bring in our, uh, our special guest. He is one of the really coolest new stars in independent wrestling this past year i don't even know if new star is the right term but he's everywhere the man yeah. is everywhere but uh we're gonna bring and him now in he's here from chicago illinois it's gringo loco uh how's it going buddy he's still connecting his oh, audio he's connecting okay he's, he's having problems connecting his audio i'm horrible about jumping the gun you are <laughs> stick to jumping the rail yeah. <laughs> yeah jumping the gun is a very different show it is uh, he's here, but he's yeah, just his yeah. audio is not connecting, which is weird. So, those um, of you guys in the thread, if you got questions for uh, for Gringo, uh, put them in the thread there, and we'll we'll try to get them out for you. He's been a busy dude, that's for sure. He, he I know, really has, uh, you know, with WrestleMania yeah. weekend and all that. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I th- he was supposed to wrestle a couple weekends back, I think, in California, and there was issues with everybody there. So. Yeah. But uh, the man, the man stays busy. That is for sure. Yeah. I appreciate him coming on the show. For oh, us absolutely. Here, yeah. 
I know we have a lot of GCW talent come on, like just by ratio from the people we've had on. But I mean, we and talk so highly of it anyway. And someday people will thank us when they'll be like, man, I remember when I heard him on the podcast. I mean, all these guys that you see in WWE or AEW or Impact, they all started somewhere where uh-huh. you didn't, where you didn't hear of them. Yeah. Right. And now that's why we're here so that you hear of these people. Right. I mean, look at all the guys that were in IW mid South for however long. Look at, the... look at Seth Rollins. He was in yeah. AAW in Chicago forever. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have him try and reconnect. Cause he's, He's lost here, and make sure he's on Wi-Fi. He's got to be on some Wi-Fi because if he's in a bad connection area, this will never work. Okay. Let's see. Where's my messenger? Stand by, folks. We are working on the technical side of things. He says he says one sec. Okay. While we're waiting for him, I, I don't know if anybody saw this, but uh, it looks like Kushida is done with uh, NXT uh, WWE. There we go. So. Oh, we got him? I think we got him coming in now. He looks like he got his audio connected. All right. Gringo Loco, are you there? He's not yet. You ah. really see that. <laughs> yep. Give me one second. Is. Sure thing. All right, give me two more seconds. Sorry about the delay, guys. Oh, no problem. All right, Dwayne, we see you're going to think of a top 10 and let us know. That'd be great. Everybody else listening, do the same. We'd love to know what you think a top 10 would be. Dwayne will say top 10 wrestlers from the 80s. We just did entrance songs. One of my favorite entrance songs currently is Gringo Locos. He comes out to the the Drake tune, the, yeah. uh, to the Too Sexy song, and it's awesome. It that gets the people yeah. going. I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not generally a big Drake fan, but yeah, that's a catchy tune. He said, sounding like an old man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the crowd likes it. That's for sure. Yes, that's 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 one thing, thing that GCW does have down is the music. I heard Brett said that you know they they intentionally make sure that people can't really hear the music on the live shows because right. of the, it's to get around the, the yeah, to get around all the, the stuff. Paul, Paul Heyman didn't care about that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he wasn't paying anybody anyway. So <laughs> he had those rubber checks. That's what Shane Douglas called him at the, uh, mountain down the road. All right. So why don't we, uh, give Gringo a pop- proper introduction while he gets his uh, mic right. system done. I mean, who is he? Where is he? Why is he? All what right. do you know about him? So, I'm kind of new to to his work from this past year, going getting started with GCW, like going to their shows and all that. But uh, he's kind of been making the rounds. He had a show in the Collective in Dallas this past uh, couple weeks ago during WrestleMania weekend. Cool. The World on Lucha, which was a great show. Uh, been working AAA, uh, obviously GCW, pretty much anywhere you can imagine. Pretty much, he's been in the game since 2000, so he's he's not new by any means. Right, um, just new to our listeners, possibly just new right. to our listeners. But man, has he just made an impact this year? Any match that he has been a part of has been fantastic. Right. Well, we had Ninja Mac on the last episode, and we talked about that viral video that went out. And there was like three million some odd views. I'm sure it's still the... getting the views. Yeah, that I would imagine. Yeah, was the top rope power bomb yeah, or like I, sitting power bomb? So right? I had. So we didn't know the name of it. I think it. I found out it's called the Bass Drop. Well, he's because he's he the is base the Bass God. There yeah. you go. Yeah, so that makes, makes sense. sense. Are but we the, talking about Bass Drop like dropping the bass? Well, bass or like bass jumping. So more like yeah. bass jumping drop. Right. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> but it's awesome. It's a 
electric chair into a power bomb off the top rope. It's just, it looks insane. Sounds painful. It sounds painful. It looks painful. But I, for my money, probably the best finish in independent wrestling right now. And I'm not just saying that. But, uh, so, Mark, for you, because you, you're probably not up on the lingo, but so he calls himself the base god. Well, base, right base god in the Urban Dictionary means an individual that possesses maximum swagger, a mansion, sports car, wonton. I don't know what that means. Wonton. Uh, what, the, like the food? W-A-N or W-O-N? <laughs> W-O-N. Wonton. Okay. Wonton. Wan- th- no, it th- says wonton soup. I th- oh, in- okay. Oh, he possesses on. wonton soup. Let me cool. finish. Let me finish. A mansion, sports car, wonton soup, and the inherent ability to fuck your bitch. <laughs> ah, well, that's, and there's a great introduction to him. Gringo Loco, how <laughs> Gringo you doing? Loco. All right. That was a great introduction. How you guys doing, man? Blame it on these damn AirPods, man. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Thanks for coming on with this thing. We appreciate it. Yeah, you guys ever seen that uh, that movie Uncut Gems? Yes, I, Adam I Sandler, not. yes. Yeah, you ever, you know, those really chaotic scenes that really make you feel uncomfortable? Yep. Yeah, that's that's my life pretty much outside <laughs> of the ring. <laughs> nice. Yeah, if you have asked anybody if they've seen a movie, our producer has probably seen all of them. Okay. Most. most. <laughs> so where Amazing. are we talking to you from? Are you up in Chicago? I am in Chicago now, yeah, for now. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, we're uh, we're down here in Champaign, which anybody outside of Illinois knows is just a couple minutes away it's from just Chicago. a suburb. <laughs> Champaign, what is that, three hours, two and a half? About two yeah. and a half, give or yep. take, without traffic. Yeah. But, uh, Amazing. But no, thanks again for coming on the show with us. Uh, well, we'll start with the question we always start with with all of our guests is, when did you become a wrestling fan? Oh, you know what? I narrowed it down to about WrestleMania 12. I know that was a big, big one for me with that casket match with Undertaker and Diesel. Um, I couldn't, be- you know, in my young mind, I was like, oh, my God, that guy's going to die once he's in that coffin. I have to watch this for the rest of my life. <laughs> So, so who was who were your your guys that you were like drawn to? Was it uh, you talk about Undertaker and Diesel? Was it the big guys or was it the the smaller guys that did the flying around? Uh, you know, initially when I first got into it, it was definitely uh, Undertaker for sure. Uh, you know, just the mystique and the, the mysteriousness of, of a guy with the purple gloves who wants to kill all of his opponents. And then obviously, uh, when I got older, it was Rey Mysterio, Eddie. You know, more of the style and acrobatics and, you know, basing and stuff like that once I learned about the wrestling business. But, uh, you know, Kane came around and I was a huge mark for that. I think I went in Halloween. I went three times as Kane. So, yeah, my (laughs) obsession was pretty bad. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So you had a pretty busy weekend a couple weeks ago. Uh, We had Ninja Mac on after WrestleMania weekend and we kind of got a little bit into the collective but you were actually running your own show, which is the World on Lucha down there in Dallas. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, how did you get the opportunity to to run your own show there? Did you have to ask somebody or did they ask you? Yeah, so the, the idea was like a year before that, before the collective even was a thought, um, we were getting booked as luchadors on the GCW shows and we were having a really good time and killing it. And the fans were really loving it. The response was amazing. And um, I passed the idea, just a small idea of like, hey, maybe we should have like a Lucha Corner on these GCW shows if you're down. And we would have like our own little niche like spot on the show if you're interested. And it kind of got shot down a couple of times. And, we, you know, we would still get booked, but just not on every show. 
And uh, I guess like one one day the idea clicked and he was like, why don't we just do an entire show dedicated to Lucha? And I was like, God, that sounds amazing. And I have all these connections and they're all my friends. And a lot of these guys are free now because Ring of Honor is going through whatever they're going through. This is before the announcement by Khan. And uh, I said, yeah, whoever is available, I will have them on the show, of course. I mean, I think this could be really special. I think the, the people will be very receptive to it. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, uh, you know, day by day, step by step, uh, promo pick after promo pick, we started uh, putting together a show. And I think it went very well. Uh, a lot of people were, you know, super positive about it. Um, very uh, looking forward to another one, if you if you if you will. Um Overall, I think the show had a little bit of everything, but I think it's just the tip of the iceberg on what we can accomplish as uh, the world on Lucha. What what venue in Dallas were you guys in? Uh, Fair Park, it was called. Uh, out at Fair Park, State Fair Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, it, was, uh, it was a building like right outside of the football stadium. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so one of the exhibition halls for the Texas State Fair. Right. That's on. right. Yep, I know it well. Yep. Yeah, Marco. Yeah. Marco's lived in Dallas so several kind years. Kind of a perfect so. venue, man. I thought it was great. It was like a warehouse type feel, man. And it was dark, and I don't know. It was gritty. It was just like GCW's alley, man. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. it was about a couple of miles awesome. away from where the uh, Sportatorium used to be. Okay, nice. So, with the uh, the thing that stuck out with me in that World on Lucha show, obviously, is the main event, uh, Doctor Wagner and uh, Psycho Clown, and. Well, we always we talk a lot about GCW on this show, and the main thing we always gravitate to is the energy from the crowd. And doing a lucha show in Texas, which you know obviously is a big lucha center, being down there close to Mexico, how was what was the crowd energy like in the in the venue for that show? Like, was it just? It was, yeah, it was incredible. So we had uh, a couple of guys arriving late, and then once we got them in. Uh, that was when the first initial GCW chant uh, was going on, you know, during the, the very beginning of the show. And like, I think just everybody with, that was in my vicinity kind of looked up and was like, wow, like they're here and they're ready to fucking roll. Like they were, you know, super energetic. You can hear it like, you know, we weren't even like right backstage. We were like kind of outside mm -hmm. and you can like clearly hear that they were ready to fucking have some fun. So um I think it was uh, magical. I mean, the fact that they came to play as hard as they did and went home happy, I think overall it was a su uh, success. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, we had, like I said, we had Ninja Mac on, and he talked about he went and did the match at Ring of Honor like that night, and then as soon as he was done, he was in the car heading over your way to, to do his match on, on your show too. So I, I got a feeling he's not the only one. There was a lot of shuffling around that weekend and you had how many matches did you have on many a weekend i ended up with eight eight wow <laughs> yeah yeah there was a lot of that there was a lot of shuffling and then waiting and you know kind of gritting your teeth saying man is this guy gonna get here or not you know like we booked this guy and i understand that there's other shows but you know every, everybody wants to be wants to be the priority during WrestleMania weekend. And it's oh, hard yeah. to man, because there's so much money floating around and everybody's just trying to grab it while they can. So yeah, I was completely understanding about it, but you know, other people weren't. So, you know, there yeah. was, you know, tempers were running high, but uh, we got through it, man. And everybody that was booked on the show made the show. So, you know, yeah, I don't have any hard feelings towards anybody towards, I understand, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm one of the boys. So I understand the hustle of it. Yeah, I've obviously never run a wrestling show. I've run a few like music shows in this area, and I kind of get the same thing when the band's running just 
a few minutes late, then the stress level just goes up, and the blood yeah. pressure spikes and everything. So I can I can relate to that, just wanting to make sure everything goes off without a hitch. But from what I saw, and I watched the show, I watched it, uh, or uh, my co-host Narge here, it was his birthday that night, and we were in the bar, so I had it on my phone with the volume down. And even with no sound, it looked incredible, just watching the matches and seeing the response and everything like that. So you really, you really did a hell of a job on that show. So hats off. And I really appreciate those kind words, bro. You, I mean, you saying that really does mean everything. I put a lot of time and a lot of energy, a lot of thought into what was going to happen that night. Just so proud, man. So proud of everything that happened. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just so cool that GCW they they allow the the whole collective concept to me. It's just fantastic. I mean, like you said, there, there's a ton of boys looking for work, looking to make money, and GCW's kind of jumped on that. I mean, there's something for everybody, whether you had the Lucha show or Joey Janela's two shows. I mean, Effie's got his show. There's just something for everybody, and I think that's incredible. Um, I think that's why we gravitate towards GCW so much. It's just kind of a, a catch-all of different styles. I mean... You've got your Lucha style. You've got Nick Gage's deathmatch style. You've, you've got a little bit of everything. And I think if anybody who's listening hasn't tuned in to GCW, you're really, you're really missing out. You're missing out on just some of the best talent in professional wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd call it a, a full buffet. Uh, you're going to go into a restaurant. You're going to have a taste for something. Brett Lauderdale and GCW wants to make sure that they have every single item possible on the menu so that you leave full, satisfied, and happy. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I've got a 10-year-old that I've brought to a couple of shows, and, um, you know, he, he's all into the death matches now, so I'll get parent of the year for that. But <laughs> he, uh, he loves watching your matches. He loves Ninja Mac. It's just, you know, Mike Bailey, guys like you that are just defying gravity and doing the crazy stuff. I mean, he goes home and he's like, Dad, how'd they do that? How'd they do that? And I'm like, I don't know, Kyler. I'm, you know, 280 pounds and 6'1". I'm not leaving the ground, buddy. So Yeah, you weren't a high flyer in your no, day. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, uh, no, Kyler. I mean, find those two guys that you trained. mentioned are really hard not to love, man. Ninja Mac, incredible talent. Bailey, just an incredible athlete. Overall, nice person, man. I mean, you just named two of the best in the business right now. <laughs> Yeah, and you can tell uh, just their interactions with the fans at the shows. I mean, I think that's why gravi- my son kind of gravitated towards them. But uh, GC, all the, all those guys. I mean, very just approachable. Um, you know, again, I don't have a whole lot to ask you. I just want to thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. We love watching you. Mark's going to be the guy to ask you the questions <laughs> here. But I'd really just like, wh- what do you have coming up? I I was just looking here. It looks like you wrestled uh, just this past weekend. What what's next for you? Yeah, this weekend was nuts, man. I, I really had a moment to myself. I was sitting, uh, waiting on a flight uh, home, and I realized, um, you know, I went coast to coast last weekend in, in two days. I did uh, West Coast Pro in San Francisco, and then from there I went to North Carolina for Deadlock Pro Wrestling, and it's literally from one side of the country to the other, and it was a moment for me and a realization that, you know, I've wanted this life since I was a child, you know, and it's happening, and you can feel the wave kind of getting bigger and bigger and the fan base growing and the merch sales going up, man. It's just like everything that I've always wanted. Um, I just want to just, you know, I just want to make you guys happy, man. When I'm in the ring, like I, I do it for me, but I more so do it for the fans. Uh, just because this is what I got into the business for. I wanted to be creative. I wanted you guys to enjoy the matches that I'm in and 
you know, it's just so fulfilling recently that uh, GCW was able to put me on full time and trust me and, you know, give me really, really good opponents in the ring. And uh, it's basically everything that I ever wanted, man. Uh, coming up, God, what do we have? Oh, it's a GCW loop again. Big surprise, man. We're always on the road. <laughs> GCW family is, is seeing each other every two weeks. Uh, this one is our first time in Columbus, Ohio. That'll be a fun one. Oh, nice. And uh, and then from there, we drive up to Detroit to Harpo's Harpo Studios, which this place is it's so fucking awesome. It's like you can feel the energy of like the most awesome disco tech nightclub in the 70s and 80s. You just walk in there and you feel like how much fun was had during those times. And you can see all the artists sign the walls that have performed there. It's just, just such an iconic building, man. And we've hung out with the owner before and. You know, he's just an awesome person, obviously. And he's got stories for days about stuff that he's been through. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, I really sometimes have to look at my phone at the weather of like current locations. I don't know where I'm at half the time. It's been that busy. Um, Living in the Midwest, like though, said, you, you should life, always be prepared. This so. is the life that I signed up for, man. So just so appreciative to all the fans. And, you know, if there's ever, you know, an opportunity for any podcast, I always try to confirm and make it for you guys, man. So I'm just happy to be here. Oh, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, there's our producer. When we first hatched the idea for this show, the only thing he wanted to make sure we made time to talk about was Lucha Libre. He's <laughs> yes. all about the luchadors. You actually made it to AAA not too long ago down in Mexico. And I just, I'm fascinated by just the, just the energy and the, the vibe down in Mexico for, from what I've seen of like, I've seen a couple triple manias here and there, but what, what's it like going down there and performing for that Mexican audience? Yeah. So, I mean, this is a long time coming for me, man. Like I was knocking on that door 10, 12 years ago. I lived in Mexico for four years and I, you know, I knocked on every door that I could. The only one that opened was fine. It was a Renan Ocalpan and they gave me a huge opportunity. You know, I became like the trios champion with Gringo's VIP, they let me keep my name. Like it was a great experience, uh, but that AAA door never opened fully for TV or anything like that until recently in uh, Madero, Tampico, they call it. And I got to tell you, man, like I might have waited all these years for that to open, and it was definitely worth the wait, man. Like super professional, super legit. Like production is on point. Everybody's running around like chickens with their head cut off, exactly how I imagined it. And I got to keep my name in AAA, Gringo Loco. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Art Bar, that was his name, right? But they're trusting me with the name. It's just like everything came full circle when I walked through that curtain the first time. Um, and it's not the, it's not going to be the last time. It's the first of many I found out recently. So nice. I have so many things to look forward to, man. I, working in front of a, a Mexican crowd is always going to be special to me because I'm always the heel. And um, it, they're just so passionate and so raw and so, hot for the for the Relucha Libre product, especially if you're an American coming out with an American flag. It's just some of the most fun I've ever had uh, in Mexico City and, and surrounding areas. I mean, it, it really was my dream just to be like an authentic luchador. And I think like at this point with that door opening, I, I think I've, I've made it. Awesome. So you put the time in in Mexico. Is uh, Have you done much in uh, in Japan? So I, I made a trip. I took some time off the business um, and I traveled a little bit and I did get to Japan. I saw a couple of new Japan shows, but it was just on my own accord. So no, I haven't wrestled in Japan yet. Um, I would love to. It just depends on, you know, if the stars align and the timing is right, you know, timing is everything in this business. So uh, still holding out hope, man. I mean, I thought I, I think it would be incredible to work in front of the Japanese fans and show what I can do. 
I think they would really enjoy it. Oh yeah, definitely. I see guys even in uh, New Japan or in Noah that would just be like a, a great matchup. Like you got your Goshiyazakis and uh, Shingos and Ospreys, guys like that, and just the possibilities would be endless. I think. But uh, yeah. Uh- I got to ask a, a quick question. I was on your Twitter just now because I was going to ask you about merchandise, and it looks like you've got some shirts. Um, but I'm, I'm scrolling through the pictures here, and you got to meet Stephanie McMahon WrestleMania weekend. How was that? Pretty damn incredible. Um, <laughs> I had to during the picture. I said, you know, before we take this picture, I just have to tell you that you're 100 percent captivating. I'm sure everybody tells you that, but your smile and your swagger is incredible. She was like. You're too nice. Why, thank you. You know, this is the first time I've met this lady, right? But she really is a captivating individual. Uh, she knows how to run a room. I'm sure she's been doing it her whole life. But, like, being in her presence is a whole other ballgame, man. Like, I, I get it now. I get the McMahon aura or whatever it is, the energy. It's, the it's pretty incredible. We, um, we, we lucked out. We got some kind of suite at WrestleMania with the GCW family. So it was, it was all love, man. It was an incredible experience. Uh, one, one that I'd say I'd, I'd love to repeat in the future. Yeah, it's very cool. I saw a lot of pictures. I saw Brett and yourself, and you know, I'd heard the rumors about different things, blood sport and whatnot. So, uh, very cool experience, and I'm sure you appreciated that. And you got to see a pretty good WrestleMania. I thought it was a pretty entertaining. Couple of days. If you did, which night were you there? Was it one or two or both? Uh, we were we were there on two. I think a couple of the guys did go night one, but I was that was the day I was super busy. I had like five matches in a day, so yeah, there was no way I, I was going to make it. But yeah, that, that show, that WrestleMania that we saw was fantastic, man. That was the one with uh, uh, Randy Orton and uh, what was the main? That was uh, the Jackass, uh, the Jackass match, which I loved because I loved Jackass for pretty much my entire life since they came out. I thought it was great. You know, a lot of people were hating on it, but, you know, people are always going to hate on everything that's put out anyway, so. Oh, it was fantastic. Um, I thought I thought Johnny Knoxville did he did he did a good job out there. He was entertaining yeah. and you know, he I think he respected it and it, kudos to Sami Zayn who just you know worked his yeah. ass off with those guys. So Absolutely. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. How about that pop? You should you should have heard the lot. Were you there at all? No, we were watching. We got a big group together um to watch yeah. it live and I mean we had about what fifteen of us here watching, about and this place yeah. went nuts during that match. Just every one, one thing about after the another. Recent WrestleMania, yeah. the Jackass oh, yeah, yeah. match. Yeah, my oh, wife was cackling yeah. during that Johnny. Yeah, Knoxville that was match. Uh, for me. That was the best match of the day because it was entirely different and unexpected for me. You know, and it was cool to see them. And I mean, they brought some of the gags from the movie, which yeah. were. You know, phenomenal. Yes. The big hand was just the big like, hand. Is, I'm sitting there thinking, there's a bunch of fans standing there. Did they not see this fucking thing and they knew it was coming? Because we didn't see it until it happened, which was awesome. Yes, that was fantastic. And the bit I brought this up because the biggest pop of the night I thought was Wee Man body slamming Zane. I thought it was fantastic. It was Hogan and Andre all over again. Yeah, it really was. But the credit to Sammy though, he I think he came out and said that's his favorite match he's ever had. Yeah, which you wouldn't expect being a quote unquote celebrity match, but just it looked like they were having the time of their life and they're doing yeah. it. And I think really that the, the, a lot of fans get, get butthurt over things that, you know, like you said a minute ago, there's a buffet out there. There's something for everybody to enjoy. A lot of guys don't like maybe the flip stuff or the death map, you know, but there's something for everybody. And I think that's, uh, that's what's nice. That's what's good about professional mm-hmm. wrestling. Sometimes the fan base can get accused of being toxic and that's true. But, um, 
you know, some of us that are loyal and appreciate it, we we like a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, real yeah, quick, uh, I want to throw it out again to uh, our listeners out there. If you got a question for Gringo Loco, feel free to put them out there in the thread, and we'll uh, we'll ask them to the man himself. But uh, there's one guy I want to ask you about that you've worked with quite a bit the last few weeks, and that's ASF. He's uh, he's a little he's I don't want to say little guy. I'm don't want to sound condescending or anything, but he does some things like you can just toss him around at will, and he does pretty incredible feats of athleticism in there. And the thing that went I think went viral was that revolving head scissors that you guys were doing. I think it was during the your World on Lucha show during the trios mm-hmm. match. Now, is that something that he brings to you and says, I want to try this, or do you just call it in the ring? Just to... No, first of all, like ASF, I got to put him over so hard. Like what an incredible talent. Um, I met this kid at a seminar that I was doing in Laredo, Texas, and kind of an unknown kid, man, not really out anywhere. Like one of the guys, you know, that was probably down on the business and ready to call it quits and just go get another career or whatever. And uh, I knew right away that he was super talented and that I was in a position to start moving him around if he would just give me the chance to show him that I can do that because he was almost on his way out. And um, thankfully, he took me up on the offer. And here he is. He's going, you know, everywhere with GCW and he's getting all these other bookings and stuff. But uh, the kid is so humble that he – just takes direction. So the answer to your question is like, no, he just listened to our crazy ass ideas. And we just kind of take advantage of the talent that he already possesses and just have him do all this shit. Like he does come with ideas and and things, but it's mostly our crazy maniacal minds that come up with like, what are we going to do to ASF today? And he's just so, I think like respecting of, of like who we are as veterans. And he knows that he has the, you know, capacity to pull this stuff off with style. And he's always said yes to everything. So shout out to ASF, man. What a talent. Can't wait to tie with him this weekend against uh Bussy for the GCW titles too. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, that should be uh, yeah. interesting. ASF and Allie catch in the ring together should be very entertaining. Yeah. Absolutely. She, she scares me. <laughs> she <always laughs> she scares that, me too. She's always got that knife on her, man. It's, it's crazy. So, I don't think she's taken it out recently, though, thankfully. so. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you were, I think, I think Narge and I both agree. We we watched the show at the Hammerstein Ballroom in January, which was a huge deal for GCW, obviously. But a lot of people that I saw in the aftermath were saying, you had the uh, match of the night, that uh, trios match with uh, Bandito and his, uh, his crew. And we asked this of... Uh, Stackhouse when he was on because he came out during Cardona's match with Janela is it's such a congested environment and it seems like a big room but it seems like everybody's on top of you when you come out for that is there any like when you're doing your high spots out to the floor is there any concern that you're going to wipe out anybody out in the crowd when you're going over the railing or taking those high risks oh um yeah we we had specific instructions in new york that there's there can't be anything to do with the crowd and that was when like covid was still like a super scary mm-hmm. thing i mm-hmm. guess like you know we had to have vax cars to get into that building or whatever but no we had like specific instructions that nothing with the crowd so no that wasn't a concern that night um tons of people man the, the, the venue was just so much more beautiful and bigger than i would have ever imagined i've seen that 
you know, venue my entire childhood, 15, 16 year old, years old, watching the ECW pay-per-views from home. Like, just surreal to be there, man, to perform there. I still watch the clips now and just can't believe that it happened. You know, it's one of those surreal moments that you really have to see to believe. Uh, you know, weeks at, weeks later, I finally got a chance to look at it and I was like, damn, like we actually did that and people really liked it. So can't I can't I can't ask for anything else than that, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this. Uh going forward, uh what uh, what goals do you have? Like are you looking I mean obviously everybody's looking for gold, you know, looking are you gonna try to throw your hat in the ring for the GCW world title or when you go to AAA, anything like that? What the what's on your on your bucket list for what you want to accomplish well, going forward? I know how Brett Lauderdale operates. I think, like, for me to be in a position to get a, a championship match of that caliber, the people would have to, like, demand it, uh, whether it's on social media or, you know, however you guys do that. Uh, I absolutely would love a, at least a shot at it. I think that, you know, the people are definitely behind me. I think I would have enough, uh, you know, time and experience in the ring to deserve a shot like that. Um, but in terms of future and, like, what it holds, I just want to, like, keep killing in the ring, stay healthy. Um, I got this AAA stuff coming up that I'm super excited about to see where that goes. You know, my, all, all these chapters in my career kind of gelled into one another, you know, one step leads to the other, to the other. So I've always been following that my entire career. So I'm just excited, you know, as well as you guys are as fans to see where it goes. You know, I just have to continue doing what I do and staying healthy. Yeah. Well, I think I can speak for everybody here. I think we are demanding of, Ringo Loco versus John Moxley match for the GCW world title in the near future. Demanding, he said. I second that. Yeah. You know, we have some steam. Like We always pitch ideas, and then a couple weeks later, it happens in AEW or <laughs> WWE. I'm sure Brett Lauderdale listens to this show, even though we've never met him. So, Brett, if you're listening, let's make this happen. It's it, Tuesday. He has nothing else to do. Well, I, that man's just, always just busy. It's just listening busy. to us. He's making deals and wheeling and dealing and all that. <laughs> Grigo, if we want to, this man, this yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, you have no idea. This guy doesn't sleep. He's probably booking some amazing <laughs> venue somewhere that we've never thought the GCW could run, and like probably ironing out the details right now. Yeah, this guy, he's always on, always with the eyes open. It's just, his phone is never off. By the way, the entire year his phone is on. Like he has like all of these portable chargers to make sure that his phone never dies. It's incredible. Well, if you want to send Mark the phone number, we'll make sure to call him for his no, next interview opportunity. <laughs> right on. Hey, uh, if we, if we want to continue, you know, obviously we're going to keep supporting you. Uh, you'd mentioned merch earlier. How can, how can we get some gringo loco merch? Where, where can we buy the t-shirts at? Do you have, I saw, Yeah, it's. Uh, I, well, I saw on Twitter, you had a fantastic one uh, a couple weeks back after your match. Um, I think you said to DM you, do you have a website or anything or just go through you? You just kind of go through me, man. I send them out Tuesdays and Wednesdays, depending on how big the orders are. And, uh, yeah, you hit me DMs on the Twitter, gringo loco OG. And then, uh, I set you guys right up, man. It's just a little shipping, uh, charge and it gets right to you. Yeah. The one that, uh, we're commemorating with the psycho clown match, the bloody face has been doing really well, surprisingly well. Uh, people are loving it, man. So got to keep up with the demand, you know? Yeah, that one looked awesome when we saw it. So I think, yeah, that's gonna have to. I'm gonna have to hit you up for that one here in the near future. Because uh, appreciate that. Yeah, we're uh, we're big t-shirt nerds over here. Oh, yeah. with, uh, <laughs> plus, we're big boys. Yeah, absolutely. So 
we're, we fit in the bald bearded black t-shirt crowd at all the uh, wrestling yeah. shows so oh, yeah. i got i got all sizes man you guys send me with the dm and i'll send it right out to you awesome well gringo uh we're not going to keep you too much longer what do you have coming up like let's get your plugs in uh what's coming up for you yeah, all right, got GCW Columbus, GCW Detroit. Let me look at the notes here and see where the hell I'm going. Oh, and then this weekend is Laredo, Texas, going back down there. Maybe I'll just over another ASF. Uh, got a seminar. Then we go to – oh, we got an AAW show here in Chicago. That'll be fun. Then, in, well, big surprise, another GCW loop in Atlantic City. <laughs> and then uh, just like various, you know – there's a bunch of stuff coming up, man. Like all the way into May, June. It's an exciting time, man. I gotta, I, I gotta be honest. It's uh, there's a lot of movement going on on, now, this, this, on this end. So. Is this all you do, or do you have a, as people call them, a day job, or is this it for you now? Yeah, I can't really sit still. Like I was telling you, like, my my life is pretty much like you know, uncut gems. Pretty much ninety percent of the day, I got a lot of stuff going on in Chicago. I uh, co-own like a flower shop and i have a lot of things going on here so my, my plate is always full i can't sit still ever so i like to be busy man but uh i somehow maintain it all i don't know how but here we are well hopefully we can get you back uh with gcw in chicago i know we've been up the last couple of times and you know we'd look forward to having you guys back soon i know nothing's been announced yet but summer's coming so hopefully chicago's on the schedule for yes. game changer wrestling yeah what i i can give you a little bit of insider info there's a reason why it hasn't been announced because something very special is in the works so look out for that fantastic we Ooh. love it chicago yeah. always gets the good thing stuff. It's I love, you guys I love think scoop. it's at all connected to the thing we talked about earlier the uh the the union of the three different wrestling entities I don't know the I tony khan thing that I don't be know. Cool. I guess we'll have to wait and see but it's awesome <laughs> getting the scoop hell? and uh Gringo, we're going to let you get back to whatever it is you have to get uh, get busy with. (laughs) But uh, thanks so much for coming on with us, man. It's awesome, and we're looking forward to seeing more of what you've got coming up. Absolutely. Pleasure's all mine, guys. Like I said, sorry for the delay, but here we are, man. It was a fantastic time talking to you. Oh, no worries. Hey, you were uh, were more on time than Alice Colon was. Oh, right on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. We'll let you go. See you later. Thank you much. All right. Sounds good, man. See you guys. Yep. All right, man. Awesome interview. Uh, better late than never, I say. Absolutely. What what a great guy. I could have chatted with him all night long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, look forward. Again, I always look forward to his matches on the card. You know you're going to see something good. It is never a boring match. No, so. never. And, you know, between Rhino owning a marina, Ninja Mac worked at the circus. Now <laughs> we find out Gringo owns a flower shop. These guys have fascinating side gigs when – they're not in the ring. It sounds like a reality TV show. I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, what they do in their what they do in their side job. Yeah, know, right. Is somebody going to be a haberdasher or uh, <laughs> somebody operate a, a beekeeper? <laughs> somebody own a winery, you know. Well, I think that might have been Rowan Redbeard, wasn't he? A, didn't he say he was a winemaker? Or he might have been. Who knows? Yeah, everybody's got something, right? Yeah. You got to have that side hustle. Oh yeah, days, absolutely. So. Well, guys, I think that's a that's a good time to wrap things up for tonight. I know we always do our top ten late, but. Uh, I think we, we just flip the script. That's yeah, just, all. We just, we just go uh, jump the rail a little bit here and there, you know, just so on uh, just a reminder, our next episode, May 3rd, the voice of the NWA, Joe Galley will be joining us live on the zoom and we will have Keith Gibson sitting in for the man here. Uh, 
Me. Yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Did you forget his name already? Yeah, I know. But he got the baseball bad thing going, so Kyler's going to get a bunch of hits and strike out 40 guys. I hope he does something. Kid. Well, I saw his <laughs> video of him taking batting practice the other day. He's got a nice, nice stroke. He's getting in there. Yeah, he's got he, a few things to work on. He can hit the ball, but, like I said. Yeah. I think it's a mental thing. He it's just has to realize the kid throwing it's going to throw it in the same place that machine does. That's what I told Hopefully. him. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and if not, Kyler's been hit by enough of them baseballs. Well, he got, knows it ain't going to hurt him. Well, he's yeah. got the Jeff Bagwell special now. The thing goes on the hands. So. I told him we weren't using that damn thing. I could. <laughs> uh, you should have seen it. With, so, again, I, I'm going to plug my uh, unboxing channel, the Narge-tastic Voyage. N A R G E S T A. That's N A R G E T A S T I C. Yeah, there you go. I don't have a pen <laughs> in front of me. I barely know how to spell. Um, but it's out there. Yeah, we opened that box. I pulled this thing. I'm like, what the hell is this? Is it like a knee cat knee? Like what elbow? No, I, I don't know what it was. I it was an, yeah, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was an eye patch when I watched the video. Well, I, everybody, the guy who has no depth perception problems. <laughs> Well, even Kyler's coach was like, I think it goes on the bat. I had to ask the guy who does the box, and he's right. like, yeah, I got a lot of questions. I put a YouTube video out, which I didn't see. Um, but he is actually going to share our unboxing video on his uh, Facebook page. Nice. Facebook awesome. page. So, nice. yeah, well, that should get some bump the bump – the, uh, And I believe in that video you push this. I sure – yeah, because yeah. yeah. we, we sponsor that. Right. That's awesome. I get all the monies. Uh, real quick, uh, <laughs> Menders asked, are we going to check out Zero One at the next show? And it's the 30th, isn't it? I, I believe so. I'm Is gonna, that right, Menders? I'm, I'm going to try it. I think the that's show on happens, my uh, calendar. The, sh- the show happens before Camaro's on with us, and all I'm right. going to try and go and check it out, but uh, no promises, but we're going to give it a that's shot. That's in Mattoon? Yeah. On the 30th. I will not be coming back from Chicago. I'm heading up to see John Mayer, the the guitar man, oh, not the doing not the joint toy unboxing. collector. Yeah, <laughs> not that gentleman, the guitar man. No. So, all right, but uh, I think we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna say goodbye for this week. Uh, again, go jumping the rail. You know, Facebook, Twitter, check us out. Check out our Pro Wrestling Tees store. We got one shirt now. Hopefully, we'll have more coming up soon. And uh, until May 3rd with Keith Gibson for uh, Narge and Marco, this is Redman, and we will see you in two weeks. Thank you, guys.